The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 294 Breakdown with Chronic Combat. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, my friends? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMA Junkies, as well as ActionNetwork.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, recording this as per usual Thursday night to break down UFC 294. Of course, it's an earlier card, but we stay the same. Um, we're just ha- I'm just happy to have a show for you and happy to have a co-host, which I try to do for the pay-per-views. Um, it's been a crazy you know, stretch, which we'll talk about and touch on as far as what's coming. But let's welcome my host, one of the shows that I shout out the most, of course, a co-host of that, that is Chronic Combat Conversations. You can find them at Chronic Combat on the artist formerly known as Twitter, but the co-host I have with me is my man Greg, who is you know as at Guru Scouting MMA. What is up, Greg? Dan Tom, dude, thank you so much for having me on. What a honor and a blessing to be on the podcast, man. Seriously. No, it's awesome, man. I, I, I I'm a big fan of your show. Who is uh, a presence right now? I'm guessing that's. You know, a good opportunity to shout out uh, probably the man behind the, the scenes as well. Uh, your other co-host, the the other mad scientist there, that is TB Scouting, uh, Tyler, known to, amongst his friends. You guys are just two friends of this show, two friends of mine, uh, good dudes. Um, I've had you on before. You guys have you know had me on. It's a it's a it's a pretty tight knit community, and you guys are definitely uh, some good guys who. It's my favorite, one of my favorite dessert shows because uh, you you guys uh, always can give me a good laugh. You guys both have a kind of a twisted and dark sense of humor, so you should fit right at home uh, here as well, my friend. No, absolutely, we we are uh, two uh, <laughs> fucked up individuals to say the least, but we're we're proud of it, and uh, we try to be uh, good and wholesome, and uh, we have good hearts, and I think that's why we get along with you so well, Dan, because uh, there's not a bad bone in your body, and uh, I, we've just kind of clicked since day one. Uh, TB and I have always, l- honestly, just kind of looked up to you from, uh, honestly, we were watching Fight Night Picks, and then we were watching the Line Movement podcast, you know, I mean, that's nice. what we, before we even knew nice. what we were watching, man, and uh, before we even had a uh, before the, the pregnancy of chronic combat conversation would even before the gestation period even began, Dan Tom, we were watching you. So to uh, be here on the show with you is just uh, totally full circle and truly just a, an incredible honor. I, I I couldn't mean it enough. No, I appreciate that. And before we extend this, you know, circle jerk fest any too further or widen the circle, if you will, I was actually just thinking about the line movement show today, man. Um, missing that show, it was a it was a fun time period. Of course, shout out to my co-host for that show, Dan Levy. And it's just like I like I was saying with you guys, I I love you know have, being able to have a co-host. Like we're kind of joking off air, whether it's like you got to look something up or this or that. 
Um, but it's honestly just fun, especially if it's like somebody that you know you, you you jive with and whatnot. You like actually look forward to it. And then as an audience member, you know, perhaps you guys listening, hi, what's going on? Apologies, uh, they're not fucked up. It was me that fucked up why we're late. But you can still give me a like if you want, chime in. But I'm sure uh, those listening and watching live uh, will will say that you know they appreciate shows more where you have the hosts. They have like a what do you call it? a rapport, uh, a chemistry, Dynamic right? Rapport, yeah. You guys have you guys have a great chemistry. So I want to end with the the dick suck confess by saying I love your guys' chemistry. Go subscribe and go check out uh, Chronic Combat Conversations after the show, of course. But please do it. Means the world, seriously. No worries. We got uh, people up in the chat. My guy Ghost Phantom I just popped up on the screen. He's one of the enforcers along with Jimmy Kudo, uh, who is usually not very far. Mark Fellows in the house. Of course, you know me. I love some Mark Fellows. Uh, hello, DT. FYI, Volk finishes this. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad, and uh, hopefully he does it under. But we'll get there, and enough teasers for perhaps what I'm looking at in those fights. I'm going to give you guys what I got. Uh, you know, Guru, I know you guys just dropped your show on your YouTube channel, so I'm not exactly asking you to step on anything. But if you have any new opinions, of course, you're welcome to drop them here as well, my friend. You guys know Greg Guru. Uh, this is the cool Guru, by the way. It's one of the best things about the show. It's always free. There's nothing behind a paywall. I, as soon as it comes to my brain, I promise you, it'll come right on the mic. Pause. <laughs> yep, yeah, there we go. Oh, my God. Here we go. It has begun. Uh, if you guys know how many times I quote that, by the way, on a betting night. Uh, James Kendrick. Hi, Guru. I enjoyed chronic combat conversations yesterday. James Kendrick, fan of, fan of chronic combat in the house. My guy, James. What's up, James? Uh, Jimmy Kudo, there he is. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. Of course, Jimmy Kudo is not a devil. He is an angel who we are lucky to have here. He's he's a biracial angel. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm just quoting uh, whatever. What was that movie? The other guy, uh, other guys or something? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> little Will Ferrell there. I don't really quote him very much. Jimmy Kudo says, guys, let's all be positive today. We have a guest and it's important to respect him. And, uh, oh, it's just it's just Greg. You guys don't have to, like, bring your standards that high. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, of course, respect no matter who is who is here in the chair. And respect my guests more than you guys respect me, please. But, yeah, we're going to get on with the show. I apologize for the late start. Um, I, I skipped a bunch of stuff that I was going to do today because I, I thought I was going to have extra time. But I've honestly just been so wrapped up in this card. And uh, I feel like I'm seeing the board, you know, decently, uh, decently okay. So, um thought I heard a Skype noise there or whatever. It looks like we're still good. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I feel like I've been seeing the board decently okay. Uh, I haven't been able to check out one of my favorite dessert shows yet. So it's going to be genuine reactions as far as you telling me uh, what you're on, Guru, here and what you're liking for this card. But before we get to that, of course, we're just going to do a recap of the week before. Um, it's kind of the standard format on this show. Of course, uh, Guru knows that. Just kind of saying it for the... You know, the, the newer listeners who are unfamiliar, luckily, if you're not live, although I still appreciate whether you're live or not, please hit the like button. I appreciate it. Um, you guys can skip forward. I will get timestamps posted up in the future, future, future. But if you're live, you're kind of stuck with me. So we're going to uh, recap UFC Vegas 81 from top to bottom. Um, it was a, it was a losing night for me. Uh, how did you end up doing, uh, Guru? Just kind of a loose recap there. I... Uh... Ended up getting burnt by uh, Jennifer Maya being very silly on that. Can't, can't be laying chalk on a fight you absolutely expect to go the distance. And then somebody that also doesn't have the wrestling wrinkle in there. And then I got burned on uh, Sadiq Yusuf as well. 
was uh didn't didn't call that one right at all honestly it's, yeah. it just seemed I, I no no go ahead what's up yeah just i just didn't seem like even it, it seemed more like especially as the fight went on it seemed more that Sadiq Moore had gotten like landed a lucky punch more than it was more that he was more often than not that he would uh knock him out or finish him or outpace him maybe he punched himself out but I was very unimpressed with Sadiq's performance on a full camp for a five-round fight. Yeah, you, you wonder how much he, he, he went for that finish. And, you know, it looked like it was there. So I guess I can't blame him there. We still have, we never really saw him in championship rounds. So that was something for sure. Of course, Yusuf versus Barbosa headlined the evening. I'm with you as far as the last two nights really made or break uh, – uh, made or broke my night and uh you know uh, no no crying over spilled milk but they are worth talking about now i was happy to be wrong in the sense of uh fandom because i'm a big barbosa fan um i didn't have uh you know uh you know uh, any dog in the race there and the way i attacked the board for this fight by the way i went i, I was leading i had perfect picks leading up to the co-main event so i was like trying to be quiet and not jinx it you know what i'm saying and I was like i just need my my two biggest bets you know even on bad nights bad streaks that i've been on I've been hitting a disproportionate amount of my biggest bets of the night, which is kind of funny in it all. So I'm like, well, that's my biggest bets. That means I did my most tape study. These are at the end of the card. I don't need to hit both. I'm not a greedy man, Greg. I just need one. And uh, I'm perfect going into it, and we know how that goes. Um, The way I attacked the board for the main event was I played uh, the under, which I'm, I'm not much of a total guy, but I feel like I've been a total guy lately, man. And, um, yeah, I believe I went with the under, and then I did uh, Barbosa in late rounds in case it gets there. And, again, it's just one of those things where when I've had, air quote, good nights, uh, you know, um, or winning nights, uh, you know, uh, the haters will be like, look where you did in picks. And I'm like, that's the thing, though. You guys don't understand, like, that's why I, I, I kind of laugh at people kind of, again, and we'll talk about this because there was definitely that in the co-main event. Um, I'm going to friendly call out some friends here. But... It, I'm very forgiving if you're a bad loser, but if you're a bad winner, that's where I'm like, come on, man. Don't be a bad winner. Like, you are so lucky to have a win in this game. You know, when I look at my winning nights recently, uh, coincidentally or not, I had some of the worst picks in analysis, but I won in the betting ways, right? And in this, I went 9-2 and two in picks, and I still somehow lost in the betting. And even in the fights that made or break me, my analysis wasn't exactly terrible. It was actually really spot on for this main event. We were going to get an early, you know, people were like, oh, Yusuf doesn't pressure enough. I'm like, no, he does. He will early at least, and I think that'll be enough to draw an exchange. And if he draws an exchange, he will have the more durability, the more firepower. And he, I even explained the pull right hand that he kept hitting Barbosa with constantly, like naming it down to the tools. But on the other side, naming the exact tools that Barbosa was going to use, the left hook, check hook was going to be super live, head and body. It was. Um... I forget what else I called. Oh, even like the spin kick, you know, which which isn't something that, you know, you, you, you call, I throw out there, you know, carelessly or whatever. But, uh, you know, just the, the, the left-sided susceptibility. Sadiq Yusuf has like a left-sided susceptibility to left-sided strikes, which end up hitting him on the right side. Kind of like Bilal Muhammad. It's almost like that down the middle when you look at like you go comb their fights and you look at all the strikes that hurt him. Uh, and, and Barbosa looked like he was going to get the finish. And not only was he going to get the finish, the way I played it uh, – Guru in the audience, I had Barbosa 4 and 5 and the under 3.5. So when Barbosa's almost getting the finish, it's 
within that like sweet spot where I could have cashed the under and a round four <clears throat> ticket, right? Like that's where wow. it's kind of set up to do so. And I'm again, I'm not, I'm not getting all hyped. I'm, I'm, I don't want to jinx it like the picks. I'm like, ooh, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna cash two tickets here. Holy crap! I just, I'm not a greedy man, Greg. Again, I just need one. I think I'm gonna cash two. Nope. And as soon as that second miss on the finish, I'm like, oh, we're gonna go the distance. I'm gonna be sick to my stomach and. And sure enough, and that's what that's what kind of uh, broke me on that one. So again, analysis, picks, and bets are all three different things, and that was an example of it. A hundred percent. There's there's times where you know you go six and five on picks, but you cash out heavy. Maybe you had a good live read, or or you just put your bets together right. And then there's times where, yeah, I mean, I had only missed. Uh, uh, Melissa Dixon, Arena Alex Saver going into the last two fights of the night. So yeah, I was feeling pretty good after I had nailed Darren Elkins and uh, Jonathan Martinez. So uh, you know you y- you feel good about certain spots, and then uh, you roll up into the co-main event, main event, think you're gonna get a little extra saucy, maybe a little lay of something extra, because uh, you know you get into the meat and potatoes of the card. If you could call Jennifer Maya and Viviana Arroyo right. that, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know that's that's what we call the Gen City, and. Uh, yeah, you know, it it didn't pan out as well, but I uh, I think we got some interesting things for this card too, though. Absolutely, and it sounds like we both made the same mistake in that co-main event with Maya and Araujo. Yeah. I was definitely bought into the chalk. In my defense, I thought maybe she could actually get a, a KO, which sounds crazy. But again, if you actually look at Maya's improvements and stuff, the line to her improvements have been totally off, right? Uh, but it doesn't matter when you go into this spot and you lose, whereas Araujo, I've actually been a fan of Araujo. I've taken shots on her in the dog. I get W uh, Women MMA dogs. So I wasn't hating on it before, um, and I'm definitely not hating on it after. Even during, I just I congratulated Ada Ujo betters and moved on. And perhaps it was because again I just needed one of my sprinkles in the last two fights. I really didn't care that I uh, I lost this one, even though yes, technically, and I'm not that guy, even though I can be because I'm one of the few people that actually took the judges' courses and passed them. At the same time, well, when it comes to the media members who flaunt that, I probably flaunt that the least, right? And I didn't, you know, get on a, a high horse and I'm like, oh, Maya, technically. But a lot of people, analysts I respect, people that bet no money on the fight, um, scored it for, for Jennifer Maya. People who understand the criteria, who understand fighting, both, one or the other specifically. A combination of it, that's what I saw in my timeline. And that made me feel less crazy, and I'm, and I'm going to go and move on, right? But here's what, here's what I want to say, and I, I'm not going to... Was, it was multiple people. It was both bettors. It was analysts as well. And these are all people I love and are friends with. So there's no reason to get petty. This is not coming from a bad place. I'm not trying to... And there's a reason why I'm not calling people out specifically on this. But it's a point that I always bring up. And, and Guru, feel free to weigh in here. When I cashed, for example, Vanessa Demopoulos over uh, Kanako Murata, right? Even though that was another fight where, again, I could be criteria nerd and be like, well, actually, because of the criteria, you can justify as I cash my big fat ticket and do my victory lap, right? Did I do that? No, what did I tweet? I am lucky and I am grateful to be cashing this MFR because even though we could justify it, I essentially just want a WMMA tight decision, which in my woo-woo terms, I A, barely ever do, and B, regardless of whatever projection I want to make, the fact is the fighter on the bottom seldomly gets rewarded. So I am going to gratefully and, you know, hands in the air, like I, I got away with one, I'll take it. You know, and, 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 and that's just kind of my attitude. That doesn't have to be everybody's attitude. But it's weird. And Greg, you get this because we're gamblers. So I, I hate this because we're, even if we're not guilty of this, just because we gamble on fights, any opinion we have can be like, oh, well, you're biased because you bet on it. 
you know, or, 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 oh, all you gamblers, all you do is complain every time you lose a bet. So here's the thing that irks me. All the gambler complaints I saw on my timeline, Greg, maybe you saw different, were from people who won the bet. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why are the people who won the bet complaining? <laughs> I, I, I think, I think any way in which to complain would be wrong. You know what I'm saying? It is. Money can't, money can't buy class. And so, Dan, when you handle yourself that way, that's that's somebody acting with class. And uh, for me, as a as a gambler and somebody that's uh, you know running a podcast, trying to mm-hmm. trying to give people advice, the last thing I want to do is come away with some sort of narrative where I'm blaming somebody else for yes. a bet that I placed. Yes. So that's how it is. So Great. I yep. placed my bet on Kanaka Murata. It was my decision to parlay that that chalky women's MMA right. chalk right. in a fight that we didn't, I didn't think that necessarily a finish was going to be there. That's my fault. Did, did I get robbed? Maybe. You know, do I do I need to? Is it a weird to watch people gloat about Vanessa Demopoulos? Oh, I cashed my unit at plus two fifty just the way I drew up. Like, like, bro, come on, come on, yeah, like, like no, <laughs> that's not the way that we are. Right, right, yes. But you know, the, the on the other hand, it's like, as a gambler, if you're not looking at every single scenario as what could I have learned from this. If it's if it's not the line makes you do shit, you it's and here's the one little caveat I'll give, and I think it kind of ties in. Everybody in their grandma said, "Oh, Sean Strickland plus five hundred. Sean Strickland mm-hmm. shouldn't be five hundred plus five hundred against anybody." Uh, but on that hand, I'm gonna be parlaying Izzy, and I'm gonna have all these different props, and like, look what fucking happens. Right. The line yeah. makes you do shit. So absolutely, you know, do your yeah. best to learn from it. I love that. That's the more important takeaway is like, you know, take, take your own responsibility. But, uh, but yeah, like I, 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 I just was like, I was like uh, both analysts in podcasts to people tweeting on the timelines, to gamblers. Again, this was just multiple people doing this. We're almost like shaming people who thought Maya had a chance. And I'm like, I didn't see the normal complaining that again, we talk about stereo that, that gets stereotyped and for good reason. I get it with gamblers, I'm like, I actually really didn't see it. I just thought it was really ironic that not only did I not see that in a classic fight you think there would, that the complaining was on the other side. And it was just ironic because it was from people who, if you talk to them, and I've t- talked to them before, they'll, they'll, they're gamblers. They'll call themselves out in their own shit, as we all should, where we go, we score things with rose-colored glasses, right, when we have money on it. And for that reason alone, if we gamble on it, you should be tr- very, not saying you don't, you can't have an opinion and you can't feel strong about it. You could do whatever you want. What I am saying is maybe be a little trepidatious and have a little bit of self-awareness, something called that, when you are have money on something and you are going to score it, much less not just score it and realize your inherent bias, but then shame other people for how they score it when it's like, but, <laughs> you know, and, no and, and even, and most, even people, analysts, most people... Most people lack self. Most people completely lack self awareness. I would say eighty five percent of the population. And and, and again, th- these are people I respect. I, there were analysts that I respect, and I respect their scores. They even it was kind of. But I just found it ironic because even those people who are really, I'll look to their scores and respect them. There were some really rogue scorecards on that fight, and it was those people throwing out said rogue scorecards were the ones shaming others. And I'm like, so not only are we going to shame people. <laughs> We're going to, again, self-awareness, like, do you realize what you were putting, I mean, uh, you know, so, again, I'm not trying to, it just was, I was ironic, I was like, man, I'm, this was like an L that I actually moved past that you think would have, like, irked me, 
But what I still end up getting kind of irked, as I guess technically I'm talking about it now. But it wasn't because of me. It was because everybody else seemingly that who had no investment or were on the winning investment were the ones that were the most bothered. I didn't understand that. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Anyways, okay, move, moving on. Spoke way too much time with that. Uh, Jonathan Martinez defeats Adrian Yanez. I got to do the annoying sports guy thing. Forgive me, Guru. It's nothing against you or anybody. I I totally get if 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 anybody has underestimated Jonathan Martinez, but he's been one of those guys where I have been on him and defending him since day one. You listen to this podcast and uh, just having to feel like I defend my picks to plays almost every time this guy comes around at big dog money. Now I'm upset because we're not getting the dog money, right? We're getting this weird pick and price. I love Giannis like everybody else. I get it. I don't blame people taking the shot on him, but I'm glad I took a shot on Martinez and got the price that I wanted. And uh, the analysis was right. The, the leg kicks were too much. If you sprinkled on rounds two and three, you'd probably turn some extra profit. Any Any comments on this one, Greg? Yeah, you know, uh, Adrian Yanez was a former guest of uh, Chronic Combat Conversations, a, a wonderful, excellent guy, uh, somebody very difficult to pick against, a, a very talented guy. But, you know, to be quite honest, I, I wasn't I wasn't exactly sure where he'd been training and what where, what he'd been doing. And uh, I think somebody like you said, and Jonathan Martinez has had a lot more to offer MMA wise, had a lot more versatility in his game. And it showed in the fight because uh, Adrian had no had no ability to deal with the leg kicks, the calf kicks. And, and uh, I had a feeling that would be a major part of Jonathan Martinez's game. So as much as it pained me to pick against my guy, I had to do it. It was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. But uh, hopefully you turn some coin and being uh, being smart and you know going against your feelings because that's a hard thing to do. Uh, to be honest, uh, Mike M- 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 Michel, uh, shots too. You guys, you guys, you guys had a Michel shot too. I appreciate it. My consigliere, Michel. <laughs> yes, uh, defeated Andre Petrovsky. Um, obviously, this was one where you know I, I picked one way and, and just played the other. Um, and the unfortunate part is, even though it wasn't surprising, it's just like we didn't, even, we still haven't seen Michel Pineda against a UFC level grapple first fighter. When you look at his, his, you know, his regional to his, it's really, you really haven't seen it on that level on this thing. So we've still yet to figure it out unless he gets one of those guys at middleweight. I think he's going to do pretty, pretty well here. Any comments on that fight? Yeah, no, completely agree. You know, Petrovsky, I had thought maybe might be an interesting look because Michelle had never faced any sort of grappler, but, uh, you know, coming off the couch, off the Thailand couch on uh, short notice, for Petrovsky didn't really make any sense, and uh, he got completely flatlined and outclassed because realistically, through his UFC run, he's never faced a legit athlete, which uh, TB was trying to beat into my head over and over. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why it's good to have a co-host. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. Shout out to TB. Christian Rodriguez defeated Cam- Cameron Simon via unanimous decision. Um, man, I don't know if you had anything on the sub prop I did. That could have probably helped things in my night as well, but wasn't meant to be, but um, Christian Rodriguez does get the win and closed out a two-legger parlay that I had. Yeah, um, I did the classic, which I believe made three weeks in a row, of putting it on my bad MMA, but forgetting to bet it myself. Oh, man. Which makes fucking sense. <laughs> oh man, it's like uh, that's like the opposite of my move. Where like uh, I'll do the opposite and it'll cash, and I'll have to just sit with not like not getting it or not you know you know not being able right, to take credit for it. Exactly, I did it with um, who the fuck? I did it with a Zell Uber sub. Uh, oh. Uber sub. I did it with 
uh, just him now. Uh, what's his face? Christian Rodriguez sub, uh, and I think TV will remember the other one. I can't remember the other one right now. All right. <laughs> well, Darren Elkins came through on me in the prelims as we cut through the rest of these. Uh, hopefully, he came through as you. I, I wish I got them round three like some of y'all did. Massive props uh, and and a big genuine hand clap for people cashing those round three tickets. Again, I'm happy for people cashing tickets here, folks. So, uh, uh, congrats on you guys. I was just happy to cash a, a Elkins money line. Anything to say about that one? Yeah, I was on the Elkins money line as well, and uh, was really happy to cash that one. Another one, TB was uh, made sure that we got in on early and uh, brought it home for me, and it, and it made a lot of sense too. The junkyard dog against somebody in TJ Brown who just has no uh, gas or or fortitude or uh, the scrambles. Honestly, were so, I'm sure you a BJJ guy. I mean, just love the scrambles. That was oh, some it high was fantastic. Level. Yeah, that was so fun. So Darren Elkins yeah. is a fucking dog, man. You almost feel for T.J. Brown, too, because he rearranged his life, and you can see that like he came in in great shape and didn't gas out uh, as fast as he usually does, but it just was inevitable tying him up. I'm going to speed read through the last of these, a group of three, a group of th- two, then we'll get to the uh, chat cleanup and to the breakdown after that. Uh, Tiana Lisboa defeated uh, Ravina Oliveira. I didn't watch it. Terrence McKinney defeated Brendan Marat. There wasn't much to watch there. Melissa Dixon defeated Arena Alexiva uh, Dixon could be fun to watch come up perhaps, but uh, anything on those, Guru? Yeah, not McKinney doing what McKinney does best, tearing through somebody. I'm dying for the UFC to just give him like some sort of matchup that makes sense, not yeah. where he's fighting way off more than he can chew and not <laughs> fighting people that don't belong on the fucking circuit at all. Uh, would love to see that. Melissa Dixon, uh, yeah, interesting prospect, maybe kind of. Alex Saver, t- basically, you know, fraudulent. And, uh, yeah, Lisboa, Ravina, Oliveira. Oliveira, I'm not sure why she's here. Fill in spots, ultimate filler content. Damn. Yep, yeah. <laughs> um, and, so. You know, in Lisboa, somebody, again, borderline fraudulent, you know, can be taken down, had a, that tough third round. So, uh She'll she's looking to fade her at some point, hopefully, at a nice juicy uh price. Dude, my dog is uh keeps farting away on the podcast. Yeah, I was a guest on someone else's show, my dog just like farted and I'm like, Oh, it was the dog and I'm like, Oh, that sounds like I'm making an excuse for me. But he keeps going over here. I'm gonna wait till he does it during a breakdown and then we'll know the dog is live. That's funny. Um, Gutierrez defeated Haile Alatang, and then Emily Ducati defeated Ashley Yoder. I I, I didn't watch too much of the Gutierrez Alatang fight. And then Ducote Yoder, uh, I had Ducote in the parlay that closed out with Christian Rodriguez for plus money. And I ended up throwing her by KO in a round robin. And even though the, that KO wasn't close, um, if you look at the cuts after the fact, it's like, man, maybe we could have gotten a cut stoppage there. And, uh, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But uh, anything on those fights? Yeah, Gutierrez uh, was able to utilize his movement and keep Alatang at bay, who was unable to really <laughs> control. Gutierrez from moving around and uh Ducote really has zero finishing aggression equity at all uh yeah the cuts were interesting but Ashley Yoder does like to block punches with her face I'm surprised that she hasn't been released yet uh I would imagine that cut would be coming soon and uh yeah Ducote's honestly not very good you know she was somebody that maybe we thought was decent but has mm. kind of shown her level here like she sure. i mean she was ba- she was barely a, you know maybe one or two steps above yoder like the fight was way closer than it should be with a minus 400 favorite yep yep absolutely absolutely all right well that wraps up that card i'm gonna clean up the chat and we'll get to the card you guys all have came for rain lamina in the house 
I'm going to bring the puns with the guns, the Matt Schnell of correcting the Jack Slack spells, the Jennifer Maya of looking at the goddess Gaia. I appreciate that, Raiden Lamb, and I always love your jingles. My guy Ghost Phantom says, Yusuf went for the teep to the rear leg. I thought was cool. Yeah, that, that was been the flavor of the month for the analyst hipsters, right? And I say that with love, uh, being among that circle, I guess. Um, Ghost adds the right hand under the jab from Barbosa was also neat to watch. It absolutely was. Uh, Ghost, great shout. Rio Sosen Truesdale, don't worry, Dan. Most of us from the ashes, uh, us from the ashes of Drake Riggs uh, old podcast are good winners and losers. Unless it involves Zhang Wei Li, then we are sore losers and really bad winners. I understand that. All respect to you guys. You know I got love for you guys. James Kendrick says... Guru, are you familiar with the toxicity of MMA betting X? It's very refreshing that you, TB, and especially Dan, are not toxic individuals, but are very good people. Oh, thank you for lumping me in with them. Yeah, no, that that means a lot. There it definitely is a lot of toxic energy. I definitely don't emanate any of that in my personal life, and I'm certainly not going to echo that on social media, which I try to be an extension of myself. Absolutely. Uh, as we've seen, there's enough toxic stuff and a bunch of stuff, stuff to get the depressed off in the world. We don't need to add to it, certainly. So we're going to do our best to uh, maybe get some, some laughs because, uh, you know, the, we all could, uh, I'm sure, use some. Ghost says, hey, yo, TB in the house. That's right. We got the chat pop, popping off here. Of course, Dan Tom MMA on YouTube for you audio listeners. If you guys want to come find, watch the show, you prefer that way, come give a like. Or if you... Uh, you don't want to, uh, you know, a, a tip or donate. I always quote the PayPal, but I do turn the super super shares on, albeit I don't deserve them. Do monetize these breakdown shows. Uh, but again, uh, I will answer your stuff clearly regardless of that. That's not a, a, a border of entry. Uh, but, you know, maybe if I do finally start, you know, cashing some profit here and doing well for you guys, you guys can come back and tip the show. Either way, tipping it with a like and a share is honestly the biggest main thing that I will and could ask for. So thank you. In advance, if you have not already hit that like button. Rio says in Truesdale, are we supposed to be fan of T-Rex? Question mark. He seems like the USC version of Michael Venom Page. Yeah, I've heard that. And, uh, you know, um, I ain't got nothing against him. You know, I know he, he gets out there and puts himself on out there on social media. He seems like a good-natured dude. Um, I just, I'm more, I'm more on the guru side. I just want to see him matched up properly is all I want, you know? All right, thank you guys for that. All right, 29, just about... Almost uh, 30 minutes in. We're going to do this like uh, Buddhist real quick. Oh, shout out to uh, D Loves Turmeric Tonic. I forgot to grab it, my last bottle. Um, use code PROTECT15 at theturmerictonic.com. Follow him. Uh, D Loves Turmeric Tonic. Throw the underscores in there on Instagram, kind of like you do with my name, Dan Tom MMA. You just insert the underscores between the words. You will find it. Again, theturmerictonic.com for uh, some excellent elixir. For the anti-inflammatory goodness, use code PROTECT15 for 15% off. Uh, shout out to my guy also, uh, speaking of the, the betting show I just referenced, my guy Kyle Anthony. Uh, met him out here in Vegas in a sports book. Uh, real uh, legit nice dude. Does an excellent job hosting. Uh, does his research. Comes correct as well. I uh, had fun doing his show, so I definitely want to give his happy hour show and his YouTube channel a shout. As well as, uh, I think I'm going to join in Jimmy Smith's show, Series XM, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do that. So it's a busy week, but we're going to get to it. Of course, it's UFC 294 is the fighting question. No multiple <clears throat> names because it's not a fight night. It's not a UFC Vegas. This is going down in Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi, Etihad Arena. 
the home of pretty much fighters like Islam Makhachev and, and, and now Kamzat Chemaev apparently where he's been camping out. We'll talk about those fights surely, soonly. We're going to start at the top. We're going to work our way down as usual. As I pull up odds here, we will start with the impromptu main event. Of course, it was supposed to be a different rematch because we haven't had enough rematches since 2021, folks. It was supposed to be Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev. Now, I know I'm going to be the salty effing hipster over here, but uh, I actually wasn't too excited about this matchup, so I wasn't too bummed that it actually got pulled apart because I was like, they're really making Charles go back to Abu Dhabi for Islam when he said he wasn't going to be ready. Even if he was, this is a tough matchup. He's really got to go all the way to Abu Dhabi for it. You guys know I'm a Dubronx guy, right? So I was one of the weirdos who was like, I'm actually like good. Chaos reigns. You know, like Michael Caine, you know, some men just want to see the world burn. Uh, by the way, <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, Guru. No, I just want to tell you, I was on your side. I was like, why the hell are they booking Makachev versus Oliveira again? Yeah, I didn't get yeah. it. I, did, I, I was like, I, I personally had saw enough the first time. I'm like, I'm good. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, people appreciated the uh, Michael Caine uh, impression last one. I haven't, I haven't busted it out on here. but uh, Just retired. Yeah, really? Wow. Well, Nine uh, years old. Done and done. Well, I'll quote Michael Caine here. You know, some men just some men just want to watch the world. Uh, by the way, the the secret to a Michael Caine impression is you have to say everything like you're coming in your pants. You know, like, Master White. Oh, oh. That, that is how. You know, sort of have rules. Like you have to speak like you're you're just you're in the middle of of releasing. You know, that is sorry to be graphic. I'm just saying that's, that's how Michael Caine gets it done. Um, that's, how, that's where the Oscars are made. That's right. Master Wayne, did I tell you about my trip to Burma? <laughs> Alfred, I don't want to hear any more of your Thailand stories. Nah, nah, this one's different, I swear. What version of The Dark Knight did you watch, Dan? All right, sorry, folks. <laughs> the point is, they replaced the matchup. Wow, what a sidetrack there. They replaced the matchup with Volkanovski, and everybody's like, everybody goes from sad, which I was not, right? Then they go from, like, super excited, which, not to be salty, but I'm not. I am not excited. I am I just naturally that much of a contrarian. But honestly, it's not even being a contrarian. It's the fact that it's like, guys, it's 11 days notice. We'll talk about this in the co-main event. But I feel like the counterpoint to everything, the elephant of the room is, guys, it's 11 days notice, you know? And this Volkanovsky has nothing to lose stuff. Like, he's putting his legacy on the line here, folks. He's not going to get a – he really wants this belt. He's serious about it. Like, he's not going to get another shot if he messes it up, and now it's under not as ideal circumstances. But that being said, I'm going to throw it to Greg as I hit the betting line here. Um, the betting line this time around is arguably tighter the way it opened, and even though it's inflated a bit, uh, it's still on set to pace to close tighter with Islam Makhachev, minus 280. Could have found him at minus 250 maybe still, or if he shopped around earlier this week for those big chalk players. At the comeback on your underdog, Volkanovski, the featherweight champ, as the challenger at lightweight here, plus 210. Uh, Guru, I'm a big Volkanovski fan. Sprinkle some optimism in here for me, or, or are you feeling like I'm feeling? What's going on? Listen, I, I am a huge Volkanovski fan as well. I mean, he is the GOAT at, at this point, right? I mean, other than John Jones, I mean, he's pound for pound one of the best fighters of all time, one of the most exciting uh, and just like one of the best dudes, like personality, personality, pound for pound, goat. I mean, just an awesome person, somebody you absolutely want to root for. But um, the thing that you're alluding to, the, the Dan, and what you've already said is, is that this betting line is closer than it was the first time. 
And to me, that's like the recency bias. That's kind of the ludicrousy of the whole fight. Um, there's nothing in that first fight. Yeah, it was a kind of a cl closely contested fight. But Islam was completely surprised by the level of Volkanovsky's grappling. And inversely, I think Volkanovsky was completely shocked by the level of Mahachev's striking. So who do I think is going to be able to make a, a, a bigger adjustment here? Do I think Makachev can adjust his grappling to the nth degree, the, the, just the littlest amount to make sure he secures position this time? Or do I think Volkanovski somehow has something else to offer better than he did the first time? I mean, I think he, you know, you know what they say, when you shoot at the king, best not miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he took his shot at the king, and he got about as close as you could get. But he missed, and he's not coming as close this time, especially not on 10 days' notice not in his backyard anymore you're in enemy territory like and i'm going to talk about that i think on a couple other fights as well but being in enemy territory here is going to be a big deal and uh, bolkanovsky's completely cheered on through that first round and uh i just don't it's just not going to happen here makachev is going to define his legacy and i think he's going to smother volk to a boring decision yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with a lot of that, even though my heart doesn't want it to be true, right? Um, I want Volk to come in here. But here's the thing, it's like, this is crazy, and Volk's like a super confident guy, and I meant when I said that the belt, the belt, you know, I believe that the belt means a lot to him, that's why I don't, and he says that himself, more importantly, that's why I disagree with this. He's got nothing to lose, it's just this lazy promotional narrative that gets trotted out there, and I get it, the UFC has to sell their pay-per-view, right? Like, I get what they're doing. But to see from, you know, media pundits to analysts to the general population that should know better getting caught up in the craze, it's got to be a lot of recency bias. You used a great word there, right? And, I, I, you know, I agree because as somebody who picked Makachev by decision but also said in the breakdown that because it, people weren't giving Volkanovsky a big chance, you know, it was just the Makachev fan base and waves, you know, at, at, its, at its strongest pre-UFC pre 284. And I said in my breakdown, I'm like, Volk's going to be able to make this a lot more competitive because grappling down the long stretch, unless you're able to shut the guy down early, grappling down the long stretch with a smaller, competent fighter um, is not an advantage just because you're bigger. Because if they are competent enough to stay afloat with you, they can grapple at a pace and at a mobility and at a speed that perhaps you're not comfortable with, especially as a more control-based grappler like Islam and Khabib as those guys. And that could tire them out down the stretch. And what did we see, right? Granted, it was a knockdown, not a takedown that ended them up on top, but still kind of a case in point uh, as far as surviving, getting a better beat on the defense as the fight went on. But that's the thing. He's not going to be able to lean into that. You know, you look at the adjustments between grappling to striking that Guru laid out. I agree. You kind of, if you want to dissect it that way, it's kind of a good way to do it. Because, again, the wrestling is kind of out of the equation. That was his most potent path from a prognostication standpoint before the fight that I pointed out. It was kind of proven after the fight. And now he's not going to have that option. And that's not just me prognosticating again. Because, again, Volk, the horse out of the horse's mouth himself, said the exact same thing he's coming out here saying he's like no i gotta i gotta finish this early i gotta go go wild at it and not that volk isn't a wild man he was more of a wild man early on in his career but that's not the best version of volk right and he's gonna have to go do it in the striking where he was getting countered you know he showed some problems with that southpaw look um makachev's you know was able to pick up on that and now he kind of has a blueprint of that to go into um into this fight 
Uh, I just I just don't like it, man. I don't like it. Uh, I played the under here, 4.5 rounds. I got it at plus 115 uh, bet online earlier this week, and I just put 1.5 units on that. And then what I also did was usually I think the hot rounds for for um, you know and it's proven in this in this fight for for uh, not Chumayev, <laughs> Mahachev is two three and four, but with the short notice and the cardio thing advantage that Volkanovski is not going to have, uh, I shifted that to three four and five. Um, so you know in case the under doesn't hit, we still have that last minute for a big number. Kind of hail mary round five. Yeah. You know, maybe he's looking better. He's the one that finally looks better in round five this time around because of the short notice intangibles. But yeah, I got Makachev round three plus twelve hundred, round four plus fourteen, uh, round uh, and then round five plus eighteen hundred point seventeen U each. And again, the one point five units on the under four point five at plus one fifteen. So just over two units of exposure for me on this. That's that's some significant exposure, Mister Dantal. We'll see. I mean, uh, if it goes to the decision, it'll be bad news, but... That was like... Because honestly, so... He was my thought about it, and I'm so glad to hear you talk about the finish. It was... I kind of felt, coming into this, that I liked mm-hmm. the finish, especially because I'm like, these rematches, you know, they don't happen the same way. Be different, and, you know, I kind of liked the finish on the Islam side. It's what I have here written in my in my homework, in my notes. But what I kind of come back to is just like... Am I sw- am I swinging the wheel too far? Because I don't think that Islam's gonna knock him out. And I mean, I could see the submission, but he's not gonna fucking tap. He'll he's gonna have to go to sleep. And otherwise, it's gonna have to be a Volk free KO, the you know Morais Mor- Morales style. Otherwise, like it's gonna be a boring decision. Volk has really good sub defense, which. Coming off the couch, it's not going to sap your gas as much per se, like like striking and and clinch, you know, against the cage and tons of scrambles would be or something like that. If he's just if he's just blanketed and trying to defend chokes, maybe he defends him long enough to survive. That's my only. It's like uh, it's giving me agita. It's giving me agita, Dan. I'm sure you have some agita about it too, but you placed it. So what do you what do you think? Well, he could, uh, he could, he could, and, and I get it. And part of me is thinking, you know, is it favored again because of the recency bias? Like, part of me was like, I thought Islam maybe could have gotten the finish the first time around, right? But if I'm being honest with myself, Greg, and I don't know if you, you do this or or anyone here does this, maybe it's you know, uh, you know, it's more my writing and putting it on Junkie where I go, you know, I'm like, you know, your fan. If I'm being honest, I'm like. Did I put decision because I don't want to see... I, I'm already mad that I'm picking against my guy Volkanovski and I don't want to see him finish. Like, at least mm-hmm. I'm picking against him, but at least, you know, I'm leaving him the out. Even though I, I showed my work and that work showed to be true, yada, yada. But at the same time, still, if I'm being honest here, like, it, it, there's a little bit of that. And we talk about recency bias. We have to talk about these weird little things, too. And I think that can be reflected in the line. And if you look at the line, it's almost like, you know, I haven't seen where it's gone, but it felt like, you know, it's... It's almost it's narrowed into even money, you know, almost either way. It's real tight, which means people don't know where to go with it. You could make that argument, right? And something to keep in mind, you know, it, it, that we tend to forget about is uh, the heat in the Abu Dhabi arena. The first time they fought, first time Charles he fought Charles was in Abu Dhabi, sure, but that that five round war was in Australia. That wasn't in the heated arena of Abu Dhabi, you know. So you're on that hot mat, and you've got Islam on top of you, you know, who was ready and you weren't. And, you know, Volk just recently had surgery on his left elbow. Like, that was enough to 
put on uh, put out Bohachinia, and obviously he's not dealing with the same surgery, I don't think, and definitely not the same staph infection. But Volk is still, you know, working out with his arm still wrapped up. That's not great, right? You know, Charles was pulled for a cut. Volk, you know, was recently had you know, not as bad of a cut, but stitches on the same eyelid. Um, not, you know, not but weeks ago. Like, this guy hasn't been able to train that much. And he is it, not even me speculating that because the thing that I've cited that he himself has admitted to. I love Volkanovsky. Don't kill me, Mark Fellows. I'll be happy to be wrong so long as he gets done under because that's my bet here. But um, it is, it is, it is, it is just, it is tough to back him, and I gotta believe there is some recency bias um, in that line. So it definitely could go to decision. Don't get me wrong, uh, I do. And then I'll, I'll be, you know, standing with my with my dick in the wind, you know, m missing two units. Hopefully, I've cashed enough before then. But uh, but that's kind of how I felt about this fight, and that's how I uh, I, I attacked the board. It'll be sad to see if Volkanovski gets finished, but uh, that's kind of what I see. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. All right, four ounce to freedom says great show, guys. Dan, way back from back on MMA Betting Sharks group many moons ago on Facebook. Shout out to the MMA Betting Sharks, by the way. I remember you guys. Uh, I think I'm still on that. I just, I'm just never on Facebook anymore. Is the problem? That's why I don't, I don't post in there. It says Guru taking the chronic combat name to heart tonight with a heart. You know, he's giving us love. I appreciate that. I saw my guy Lou Betchy in the house. He says, look at this handsome team. Let's get it, boys. I appreciate you, Lou. And uh, I channeled my own Lou and shouted out Lou on the last show because I, I finally have been getting access to, like, these these kooky lines and those point deduction lines. Of course, I I struck uh, zero on them last week. But, boy, are they fun, those yam bags and, and the yam bag master himself. we got to we got to give credit to Lou. James Kendrick, it's kind of sad that Volk doesn't have a full training camp for this. His preparation to counter the wall wrestling of Islam was real good. Yeah, it was, and I highlighted a bunch of analysis. I still took it very seriously on that end, folks. So hopefully I don't sound too doom and gloom from a betting breakdown perspective here. Um, before we move on, Ghost Phantom in the chat says, Yeah, I agree with Dan. 11 days notice bums me out. Just because his prep work, film study, and execution hinges on a full training camp for the incredible strategic masterclass. Yep. And he's got to travel from Australia to Abu Dhabi, do all the media, do all the embeddeds. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, you know, whereas the guys who are preparing, they don't even have to move anywhere. They've been, they've been, they're already there waiting to be fed, to be fed, you know? So, uh, Yambags, Rain Lamina knows what's up. Hey, Matt Polly with the Super Mario Bros. Avi in the house. Another Thursday night fight breakdown with Dan Tom. Yes, sir. What is up since the Southpaw matchup for Islam and good counters on his rear hand? Do you think the jab right hand to the body set up uh, into the rear head kick by Volk is a good idea? You know, I, I think it could be because that's what I was going to be looking for for Charles to do or some variation, kind of like we saw with Benil, even though I don't think that was to the body. That was more like of a... Robert Whitaker-esque, but yeah, definitely not a bad idea. It's just as much as I love the right hand of the body, um, there is counter exposure there in that matchup, and that's what we saw uh, Islam Makhachev uh, start things off. Hey, my guy MMA on the rocks, Billy Welks. Can we marvel at Dan's perfect hair for a moment? No, 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 no. I appreciate you. Was, oh God, I just got out of the shower, but I appreciate you, Billy Welks. Um, last one, Rios and Truesdale. Islam's counter-striking is underrated. Alex said he has a good eye for an opening. Yep, it is very underrated there. So that's the dangerous thing of if uh, Alex's plan A is to go strike and do or die on this matchup. But, uh, but yeah. All right, co-main event time. Let's go here. Um, we've got minus 320 for Hamzat Shemaev. Kamaro Usman plus 240, of course, was supposed to be Apollo Costa, like I said, with the elbow. Insteps Kamaru on a similar 11 days notice. 
Um, and uh, and yeah, Greg, what's your thoughts on this one? What a interesting and excellent fight. Um, I had kind of felt that two night UFC two ninety four got better on ten days notice, and uh, I am still sticking to that with this fight. Paulo Costa is, uh, you know, I mean, I want to see him fight very badly, but he's just he's we we don't really know what we're ever getting with him. So eventually he'll fight, and I'll be very excited for that. I'm excited to see Usman fight. Um, I just don't know that there's really much left in the tank here. Uh, we I had talked with Luca Fury on uh, Twitter yesterday, that uh, and Luca basically said that Usman's knees are held together by bubblegum and toothpicks. And they really are. I mean, he can't walk up stairs. He can't run for cardio. I mean, he's just not in very good shape. And obviously, he's been at dealing with those knee issues for a while. But all the tread on the tires, all the miles. And let's just be honest about who he's fought, okay? Leon Edwards twice, Colby, Colby Covington, and Jorge Masvidal. That's been his last basically two years in MMA. Uh, how do those fights look, guys? They're standing at right. They're patient. They're it's counter strikers, uh, really respecting each other's wrestling and grappling. Does that sound like Hamza Chamayev to you? That guy doesn't respect shit. He's gonna come forward with complete disrespect towards Usman until he earns it. And um, the only person that's earned it was Gilbert Burns. And I, I just think that Gilbert Burns has like just more firepower, even at. It's certainly at that stage and, and now at this stage, um, it's just a it's a really bad matchup for Usman. And I don't necessarily think that the extra 15 pounds help him. He's used to being the bigger guy and he is certainly not the bigger guy here. Um, give me the younger, <laughs> faster, stronger guy at home. And let's be let me take it one more step further. and I'm going to pass it off to the real guru who's actually going to give you all the technical breakdowns. Um I watched Usman get taken down by outside leg trip by Leon Edwards and then give up complete mount immediately and then get spend the next two minutes there unable to get up like a turtle. And I watched him give up his back and get almost fucking rear naked choke. So I, if Chimaev even gets anywhere close to that, he's getting a sub. So I like Chimaev by submission here. And uh, maybe it takes a little while, but maybe it fucking doesn't. So just give me Chimaev and Chimaev submission. Sorry, I was laughing at my dog stealing the bone from another dog there. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I I think the submission is live, particularly by rear naked choke or the club and sub. If like uh, Usman shoots when he's hurt, um, that Darce lockup Chimaev has really fast to be there. So I I, I don't blame you there. Um, I didn't end up chasing it because I'm already exposed just over two units again for this fight as well. Um, with an angle that would cover a finish no matter what it is. Uh, so to add it on at the price, now if I was just sniping at the submission price, it's fine if you can get it the plus three or north of that or whatever you can find it at. Um, but it still wasn't kind of juicy enough for my blood. And I, I see the KO for me, to be honest, just because of uh, the uppercuts. It's a shot that Usman has struggled with from early on, like his first fight with Hader Hassan. He rocks him with the uppercut, then Usman shoots and takes him down. And you see it all the way to his fight, his last fight with Leon Edwards, a, a different guy from a different stance. Um, and that uppercut is still there because uppercuts, um, front teeps, which is something else that to, to, to the body, especially, that's something else that uh, Chimaev religiously throws from both stances as well. 
one of his quiet shots there. I know he has, you know, heavy punches and good straight punches from both stances, but he's got a, a wicked uppercut to watch out for and body jabs. And, of course, the other one, which is not as much of a threat, though I wouldn't be surprised to see Chimaev throw it, which is, I always say, southpaw kicks, death taxes, and wrestle boxers dipping into southpaw kicks because, again, most wrestle boxers are orthodox fighters, and they have a natural level change that they present in their stance and their fighting style, so they're going to dip in uppercuts, they're going to dip in front kicks, and they're going to dip more to their power side to the right, which is to southpaw or lead leg head kicks, right? So those are kind of the shots. Now... I could be right on those reads, and I think that you know Guru and anybody else on a sub-ticket here can still cash that sub-ticket. Um, but instead of having to choose Parker, I ended up taking the under when it was at more playable chalk toward the beginning of the week. Uh, it's about the max for me for playable chalk, minus 155, but it was under 2.5 rounds, not 1.5 rounds. So there's a lot of coverage there, as well as for a possible Usman upset, though I'm not as... Uh, bullish on that angle anymore since even though you know seeing that footage say what you will the fact is that's been an angle that me and many have been citing for a while so anybody much less Usman bending over backwards to defend this uh Zapruder film footage the fact is the guys you know knees kind of have been notoriously held together and it's not even just his knees and again I'll say this because I've kind of hinted at this before people can get this because they know if you want to trace what coach me and Kamara Usman has shared um, but uh, even back in like the 2015 days, it wasn't even his knee as much as it was his femur. Uh, I'm not a doctor, nor am I a big inside information guy. And for both reasons, uh, I'm not you know you know try to front and pretend to explain or ex explain in detail. But it's not even just his knee; his actual femur uh, has trouble bracing and stuff. So that's why he's actually wearing a lot of uh, a lot of the padding. And he actually used to have to wear. I don't know if he still does it. But Usman used to have to wear a girdle in training around 2015, 2016, 2017 because he has issues with his sternum. Uh, he actually has issues uh, with stability in his sternum. Like, the guy is falling apart from everywhere for some time now. So anybody playing that angle, um, I don't blame you. But for me, it's more the 11 days notice. You know, this guy has to be in, you know, really get his body finely tuned. He's a hard worker. And just on 11 days notice... I'm not surprised that he if he pops something or w won't pop something in the fight. That's another reason why I kind of like the KO um, because, you know, his knee could go or something and then he's, ah, and then, he you know, he, he takes the paycheck, kind of can save face, right? And that's the thing. You would hate to think about championship fighters like Volk or Usman thinking this way, but guys, money talks. <laughs> guys, I don't know if you look at the price tags of things lately. It ain't cheap to, to be living in this world right now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, some, and the UFC, this is one of the few spots where the UFC will pay out. And that's not even including the woo-woo stuff behind the money that they actually are getting from UAE and people to put on these shows here and whatever money that them or the fighters could be getting to ensure that their guys are properly fed. Chemaev and, 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 and Islam. I'm not usually woo-woo Russian Abu Dhabi guy, but I'm telling you, it's... All the places are here. So I took the under, even though, to be honest, I think you can get a better price tag around minus 115 and minus 135. Just play just play Chemayev inside the distance so you don't have to I was choose just about Parker. To say that. Just play just that instead. I was just about to say that. And that's I what I put in. Yep. Take a, take, we call it on the show, we call it Grandma's Couch Cushion. Don't <laughs> mind a little Grandma's. Dig it right into Grandma's Couch Cushion. Now you're I not going to mind the little change. Take a little Grandma's Couch Cushion on the Chemayev sub. But I think you're right. Uh, just play the Chemayev inside the distance. Yep. I don't imagine Usman lasting all 15. He may go five or seven, but I don't know if he'll go 15. Yep, and, and I wrote I wrote it down. Come shot under. That's kind of funny. Yeah, but I'm hoping for the 
<laughs> I'm hoping the, uh, the the clone shot releases under. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're in a refractory zone by round two. But uh, but yeah, if I did, if I wasn't overexposed to units there, I would have played that. And I did my grandma's couch cushion on Shemaev round one KO at plus four fifty, which you can find at a better number, probably neighborhood of plus five hundred. Just a small quarter unit sprinkle, but yeah, that, that, that's all I got. So just over two units of exposure of the main or co-main. Anything else to add to that before we uh, push on through, Guru? That's it, sir. Thank you. All right. All right. I'm going to give a couple love to the chat real quick, then we'll push on, and I'll, I'll clean you guys up uh, in a second. Rain Lamin of Kamaro loses. Do we call him the Kamaro Dean of being lean? <laughs> I haven't heard Kamara Dean in a while. That's good. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, do you guys think that Kamzat will open with southpaw rear round high kick into a double leg like he did in his first three dudes he fought in the UFC? Yeah, he could. He does shoot. He does shoot on grapplers. That that's a he shot on Alaskarov outside of the UFC. He shot on Burns early. So it's not like he doesn't shoot on these guys who are good grapplers. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And lastly but not leastly, James Kendrick uh, was the coach. You and Kamaro shared named Neil Melanson. What? Huh? I'm going to give you a Kevin Holland answer. What? Huh? All right, next fight we're going to go <laughs> is, uh, let's see here. Uh, best fight odds is all out of order, so I'm going to try to keep it in somewhat of an order um, for you guys. But I believe it should be Magomed Ankalaya versus uh, Johnny Walker. So we'll just go there since typology is going to be slow and unloaded on me. Um yeah, we got a minus 350 for uh, Dagestani Stipe uh, and plus 275 for Johnny Walker. Opened a little wider. Money is coming on Walker. What's your feelings on this one, Guru? What a what a interesting fight you got here. You got Ankalaev returning after a very, I'm sure what he would call a very disappointing performance versus Jan Blahovic. And you've got uh, Johnny Walker on a three-fight win streak. Uh, on a surge and possibly looking like a new man now that he is somebody that supposedly maybe wants to use patience, exert patience, be a counter-striker, and uh, not go completely berserk. But uh, I think you, like an onion, if you peel back the layers of this fight, um, I think you start to see a couple interesting things, and, and one of which is that uh, the thing that gave, uh, gave Ankalaev so much trouble versus Jan Blahovic right is the ability the levels of the counter-striking which is something dan tom is unbelievable at talking about and the fact that jan blahovich was able to check the kicks of uh Ankalaev, and that severely damages the legs of Ankalaev when he throws kicks johnny walker does not throw <laughs> this is just sorry johnny walker does not check leg kicks and johnny walker does not have the type of striking defense that Jan Blahovich has. He's not the counter striker that Jan Blahovich is. He's not the patient cerebral fighter that Jan Blahovich is. So for then you look at Johnny Walker continued. Who has he beaten? He beat <laughs> he beat Ian Kudalaba, who likes to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. He fought Paul Craig, who we love, but has no chin at all and is very willing to just take his ticket. Uh, take his lunch, take his ball, and go home. And then you've got Anthony Smith. Why are you coming after my family? Having PTSD in the ring, trying to get himself together. Another guy who's who again I love. I love his commentary, but he's completely falling apart body-wise, uh, mind-wise, trying to convince himself that he can still do this. Um, 
there's not really a good win to be found there for Walker. So for two things for Walker, if he comes out like a like ape shit, which is going to be his best chance to win. If he comes out ape shit, I think Ankalaev just puts him down because he's a better counter striker and he's actually vicious, which you've seen. It's just been a while. Or if Johnny Walker tries to come out and do his thing like he did versus Anthony Smith, be super patient and and try to counter strike this guy, that's Ankalaev's bread and butter. And he'd be more than happy to oblige us with a nice boring decision where he outpoints and outworks Johnny Walker. So I don't really see or understand the value boys playing Johnny Walker here. I am not that guy. Uh, give me Ankalaev. I think he's got something to prove. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't blame you. Uh, shout out to uh, my guy Billy Wilkes in the in the chat. Uh, people underestimate uh, how well people can wrestle, or wrestlers' ability ability to perform without body parts. That is very true. <laughs> and then my guy James Kendrick wants a pull Craig, pull Craig. Uh, shout nothing can outrun a grease Scotsman. Grease me up, woman. Uh, not enough grease for Paul Craig to get through on that fight. I feel like I barely picked Johnny Walker, so I must come off as a real Johnny Walker hater. But uh, I am not picking him again here. Um, I do feel like it could be dog or pass. Like I'm, but even just from the Paul Craig fight and stuff before, like you know, against an opportunist, even like Walker, as long as he leaves Walker in there, it's going to be dangerous, right? And uh, for that reason alone, it's both sketchy to be heavily exposed on Ankalaev, in my opinion even though I'm picking him here and I'm not wishing anybody uh, badly if you're if you're backing Ankalaev. And at the same time, it's tricky to back the underdog unless you're kicking for coverage, which you are getting a good enough number, even though it, it's come, come down about a whole dollar. You're still getting a good enough number in the plus 200 to kick for coverage on a dog there. And I suggest that's what you do if you like the Walker side because, again, um, Walker could get a sub, he could get a knockout, it could be round one, it could be round three with a guy like Ankalaev. That's the unfortunate part if you're drawing up a path to victory for Walker. Um, but I went through, and I actually have a Southpaw report that I was almost ready to do, but that's the reason why I was late, uh, Guru and audience, I apologize. I was literally just right there, but I was just was running out of time, so I have it all right there, ready to go. I'm actually overachieving, trying to get like you guys some some video analysis there. But it's not good. I'll tell you this, it's not good. He's 2-3 and three against the USC-level lefties. Of course, you have to go to the regional scene against Wagner, Prado, and Klitson Abreu. Not much Abreu footage, though he does lose by submission there. More on the Prado footage, and you can see that a lot of the ideas he has early on in his career against Wagner Prado have not really changed throughout all the camp iterations, including the more recent John Kavanaugh SBG camp iteration. He mainly just does a lot of flash and feints, and it's a lot of uh, posturing. But when people pressure him, he gets uncomfortable very fast, and basically it's a lot of body or lead leg kicks to the lead leg or to the body from the rear, and he kind of works off that, and he's very counterable and will kind of run into the clinch if he runs in at all. And um, it's not a good look, pretty much. And the left hand, the counter right, the body teeps to the southpaw body tie kicks from Ankalaev are all going to be very live, just like Guru said, because his defense isn't well. So even though I'm picking Ankalaev and I'm more of a fan of like contrarian angles of like going over, you know, um, you're not getting a ton of plus money on the over that I would like. I would like to be in the plus 200s for over of this fight, but they're more like plus 150, plus 120 for the over, plus 150 goes the decision. Not juicy enough for me. Again, for a fight that could end in multiple rounds on multiple sides, right? Like, I almost want nothing to do with this. I probably will have nothing to do with this. Uh, the pick is going to be um, Ankalaev. Um, 
and I'm going to pick him reluctantly to get a finish because if it goes to decision, like, this could be a weird one where it's like, what is Walker by decision if you wanted to play something stupid that, like, probably won't cash but will probably have a number? Like, because Ankolaev will allow guys to kick his legs before he adjusts, you know, a little too late. I know it was an impromptu five-round fight. There was a lot of pressure on him, but I just didn't like that look. And the fact that Uncle Liev is not a submission guy, um, I feel like Johnny Walker with his kind of somewhat underrated and some he can athlete where we get a really sketchy decision or something, even though you can lean into Russian woo-woo. They're not going to let Uncle Liev lose in the cards. Perhaps. I'm not going to lean into that. These are actual real judges judging these fights. And there's enough volatility with real judges judging these fights um, that nothing would surprise think- me at this point. I don't think it gets there. I, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, and as I'm listening to you, yeah, I, I don't think it, I really don't think it's gonna get there. Cause like like I was kind of saying, it's been three fights for for Johnny Walker since he's been he was absolutely electrocuted by Jamal Hill. <laughs> How does right? Like I mean, but like, like completely spazzed out. Like, are we yeah. sure that Uncle I is not just gonna dust him really quick in round one? Yeah. Yeah, and like t- take that cheek money and, and go home. Like he's this is his home crowd, man. This is totally different. Than I think so. What, yeah, what he's doing for versus Jan Blahovich. Yeah, it could be. It could very well be round one or round two is what I'm kind of leaning toward. But again, try to narrow that down for a play. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really feeling too confident on anything here. Myself, myself. Um, uh, yeah, Uncle I have. It seems like Uncle I have by KO is plus one twenty. Okay. Like, T- TB will tell me. I mean, I tell TB, and TB tells me. I'm a, I'm a slut for plus money. So if you, if you're giving me plus money, yeah, uh, I'm already interested. Uh, there's very few ways to legally double your money. So I, if Uncle I by KO is one of them, um, I'm kind of interested. I hear you. I hear you. All right, we're gonna go to uh, Alaskarov next. Um, he's another big favorite. Uh, I, I'm sure he opened close to this wide more than likely because it was uh, Warley Alves. It's a short notice stand-in. I think one time he was supposed to face Paulo Costa, Alice Garoff was. He's, of course, minus 625. Comeback on Warley Alves, plus 455. Um, This, I just pretty much auto-bet round two um, because Alex Garoff gets a lot of round one finishes as well, granted. But this is the bigger octagon to move around in. Um, Alves, although not a good of grapplers, Alex Garoff, obviously. He's also not a slouch in the clinch where Alex Garoff uh, can find himself. And uh, Alves at least has a good, some good bursts and dangerous bursts in the first round, and perhaps Alaskarov is not going to be too dumb and, and not rush things uh, for this fight, knowing that once he gets into round two, between the short notice and even Warley Alves on full notice, down at 170 pounds, will start to fall apart. He's a fade guy. I've been, you know, kind of fading Alves back in back 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 since cashing plus 540s or whatever the stupid number they put on Brian Barberina, baby, back at UFC 198. That's right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, I got uh, Alex Garoff round two. I think I got it at plus 310 or plus 333 or something like that. I don't know, but I put a Scotty Pippen on it, uh, 0.33 units. And that's the only thing I touched on this fight. I feel, I feel like, uh, you're pretty priced, uh, priced out on a lot of things. What are your opinions, Guru? Yeah, it's, it's really tough to parlay Ikram Askarov as much as I expect him to get it done. I was there live at his debut, uh, where he, uh, put Phil Hawes into a different dimension. That was an absolutely scary knockout. I mean, he was really asleep for a very, very long time. Uh, yeah, 
I think you're really smart with the round two auto bet. That's always fun. You get a, fi- a fun little prop there for a little juice. I don't uh, – he's not as – he doesn't get as many submissions, right? So I kind of prefer the KO as well. I mean, actually, he's got six KOs and uh, five submissions. So he's actually basically even. It's the seven mm-hmm. round one finishes. So, yeah, you're, pro- you're probably right with the round two and not taking it a specific method in terms of uh, – in terms of trying to get too cheeky. So, uh, yeah, I had written down a less grab by finish minus 280 as like a parlay piece because I really do think he's going to get it done and get it done uh, by finish. It's just uh, why would you want to why would you want to parlay this this chalky chalk? So, yeah, why not? Why not take the dart throw? I like that. Yeah, you know, I, I may actually throw a, there is a parlay that I am pondering. It's a five legger. I know. But here's the thing is um whether it's just like a cheeky round two or maybe a more exposure like the main or co-mains where I've got under angles and specific finish angles. Um, even though I'm not a big parlay guy, the I- ideal way I like to parlay things are using parlay legs where I am already have a good, a good read and I'm invested in a particular finish. That way, if that finish doesn't happen, it's not shit in my cereal. It's like, well, at least we got the buy-in. You missed the sub, you missed the round pop. Okay, they win the decision. At least the parlay is still on the board. Um... Again, that's more investment. Parlays are dangerous in MMA. I'm not a big fan of them personally. I'm more of a plus money whoa, like guru over there. But that being said, that is the method behind that sort of madness, right? And some cards maybe can call for it. And it is hard not to get caught in the parlay thing. The, oh, this kind of a card is more of a minesweeper parlay where we're all playing the minesweeper game. We're we're seeing what who's gonna who's gonna shit in the proverbial bed, right? So to speak, who's gonna shit in the cereal? Um, and, and and that's why I'm avoiding certain big favorites. But yeah, I'll give you guys the five legger um, that I'm I'm perhaps potentially looking at for over plus two hundred to perhaps put my last unit that I have reserved left in the bankroll. But we'll get to that toward the end. Um, opening the card is uh, Saeed Betner Magomedov minus two twenty five versus Muin Gafarov plus one eighty five. Um, I still haven't been able to run this one through the comb, but this one I feel pretty confident. Where regardless of what side I end up. It feels like a dogger pass. Do you have an opinion on this one, Guru? I'm so happy to hear you say that because that's exactly where I ended up. I have a, uh, I have a half unit on 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 uh, Gafarov money line at plus 185, and I actually really like the fight goes the distance at plus 120. Uh, Gafarov is a legit tank, and it's it take fucking nuke to finish that guy. Uh, he's crazy. And Saeed Nurmagomedov is a decent fighter. Uh, you know the spins, the spinning kicks, the all the just the spinning attacks. The explosivity is very impressive. However, both him and honestly Gafarov do not, uh, you know, maintain their energy very well. They don't. Uh, they're not very efficient. Would be the proper way to word that. They're not very mm-hmm. efficient with their energy. Yeah. So. Uh, that could be problematic, and it's exactly why I kind of lean towards the dog. The dog uh, in Gafarov, I mean, he missed weight, I think, for Slapolis and had that fight canceled. That was not good. But he gets another chance to do it around here on possibly more welcoming soil. And, uh, you know, if you look at his John Castaneda fight, right, he takes that fight on short notice. Uh, is on my, in, my, in my opinion, on his way to winning round one before he gets dropped. Um, then round two, he's going to win that round and then decides to kind of use his head a little bit and lead, lead forward, gets a point taken 
and then round three, he's already too tired from the short notice to keep going, and uh, he loses the decision. But, uh, yeah, I just think that, yeah, Saeed wasn't really – I thought I was pissed when <laughs> when he lost to Jonathan Martinez, like, live. I was like, that's a robbery. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And then, I, and then I watched it back, and I'm like, okay, well, he's really tired at that seven-minute mark. This is just not a good look. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah. I was I was like, okay, you know what? That's that's totally fair. He he definitely didn't necessarily win that fight. Um, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. That that, that uh, yeah. No, no, no. Because uh, th- that's the truth, though, right? I mean, if you're 100%. honestly going back to watch these fights, uh, and you know what you're watching, and you're being honest with yourself, that happens all the time to me myself. I'll be like, oh, I thought this was. I'm like, oh, this was closer than I thought, or so on and so forth, right? Like, yeah. Um, emotional you're, you're in the heat of the moment i was biased while watching the fight and that's fair but while dude. i'm doing my tape for this fight i'm not biased and i'm like wow okay that's was optically just really not a very good look so i find myself really liking the fight goes the distance and a and a dog shot seems necessary i like that uh, i actually don't mind that at all um i'll see where i end up so i'll save too much i will say i just add to that fight the saeed martinez fight i love that card because i was so pissed drunk Shout out to my guy Martin P who helped get me drunk. God damn it! Uh, because I don't remember most of the fights on there, even prelims. I'm like, oh god, this this card. I'm like, I was at this card, UFC Las Vegas, and I don't remember because I was just so trash. But I do remember um, having like a happy Gilmore, uh, what do you call, uh, Lee Trevino moment because uh, I was just like going crazy for Martinez, like Martinez, just being like you know like like completely obnoxious, and like some dude in front like kept looking at me and like like back at me like what the heck? Because I I was just like. Come on, get him! Uh, shout out to James Kendrick here. He says, I called Saeed on Chronic Combat Conversations the valor stealing Nirmaga Madoff because he's not related. So I was yelling, He's not even related! And it's just some guy like just turned around and looked at me and gave me like the Lee Trevino. He put his hands in the air, like shrugged, like, What the fuck, bro? <laughs> like, and I was just like, well, What's true? <laughs> like, feeling like I need to defend myself or something. <laughs> And the guy was clearly, like, rooting for, like, uh, you know, because there was a lot of, like, Eastern European people. Thankfully, I feel like it was mainly Georgians around me, so I didn't get too many people pissed at me. But there was definitely some Russians up in the crowd, right? So I'm like, I'm going to piss some people off here. And, of course, Martinez gets it. And I was just so obnoxious. I was not classy. I was like, yeah! <laughs> just cashed a big, stupid dog ticket, and he's my guy, right? But, yeah, I've, I've never been really too trusting of Saeed Nurmagomedov, so... Um, this fight next is, is interesting to me. Uh, headlines, the prelims, uh, could have been on the main card as well. Flyweights, baby. Mohamed Makayev, minus 425. He actually opened wider. Money has come in on Tim Elliott, plus 330. Uh, what's your opinions on this one, Guru? You know, I come into it maybe thinking about a dog shot on Tim Elliott, but I, God, I can't, I just, I don't think I can get there. I'm going to, uh, Maybe I'll change my mind again at face-offs, weigh-ins type thing, but I don't think so. Uh, Makayev is the younger fighter. He is the bigger fighter by, you know, uh, he's at least got the reach advantage significantly. And uh, age, I think, is going to be important. Speed, I think, is going to be important. I was thinking that Elliot might be able to, like, show him some interesting looks on the feet and frustrate him and then maybe... If it came down to cardio, could Elliot possibly be the one with better cardio? And I was very curious to ask you how you felt about this, um, as you asked me how I feel. But um, I just felt 
I ended up coming away and deciding that Tim Elliott is uh, just somebody that's just kind of too open to be, being controlled, like too malleable to top control. And he's been subbed, you know, how many times? Six times, five times. And I, it's just something I can't overlook in this young, hungry kid uh, at home. So uh, I, I kind of like lean like fight to end by submission at like plus 175, like that type of angle. Maybe I don't have to pick a side in that respect. It's only just like a, a finish. But uh, I don't want to parlay Mokayev like I want to parlay last name fighters. Yeah. But. What do you see, think? See, I feel you there. Mikhaev is the guy that's last on this roll call for this parlay, right? Because I am, spoiler alert, uh, he's going to be my prop squad pick. I do a, I did a little flyer on Mikhaev round three if that answers who I think will have the cardio advantage, at least on paper. But it was tough because Elliot, as a flyweight getting older, his cardio has been kind of fleeting him for some, some, some fights in years now, if you really look at it. But if you go back to the last fight, it's like, what? it's like, was his cardio better? It was a new camp, but was it because it was an apex fight without the excitement of the crowd? No offense to Victor Altamirano. You know, it was a really matchup he should have won. A guy who was super green, did not have wrestling, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and even when he was able to defend takedowns uh, in that round three, I believe, didn't he like jump for guillotines and was like practically giving the fight away? Um, like shooting himself in the foot. Not that yeah. I picked him to win and not that he was favored to win, but still, right? So it's like one of those things where you're not trying to S on Tim Elliott or Victor Altamirano. I like both guys, but how much you know? How much information can we really take from that, right? Whereas Mikhaev, you know, it's like oh his turnaround. It's like well we have guys knockouts. You know, I know it looked nasty with the knee ligament thing, but if he was all right and he showed pictures of him training and moving around on it, if I recall like weeks later, which was kind of nuts, but I saw it for myself. Um, you know, how much do we speculate for for it? And I'll tell you what we can take from that is even though he is not a dog, he's a big chalky favorite, Makayev is a fighter that will fight for your money, right? Um, uh, by the way, shouts to Chronic Combat. Hit one for me right now, buddy. But but yeah, like he is a guy that will fight for your money. So that is one good thing if you want to put money on this guy, right? And even in bad performances, uh, like the you know you want to point to the Malcolm Gordon. I know Malcolm Gordon gets a ton of crap, um, you know, because he's 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 subject to like kind of like Johnny Walker except without the as amazing highlight reel, reel, right? He is better than he is given credit for, but he falls apart like at a blink of an eye, like that great point you brought up earlier, Guru, about Johnny Walker, right? So but even in you know, fights where it's not going well, he'll, he'll pull it out in that third round. So perhaps we see the return of the bad cardio. Um, it's going to be a scrambly fight that I think Elliott can win, but again, I think he's going to be putting himself in the danger zone, and I say this as a guy who loves his grappling style. Like he, I was just watching the Peterson rolls he was doing. Like it's the same stuff that that old Dan Tom here loves to shout, loves to loves to do some old man tricky tr wrestler, tricky trickster stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I love it, but I also know that it puts you in precarious positions. And even if you don't get taxed with a submission, which he has, and I, I as soon as this fight was booked, I just thought of that Davis and Figueredo guillotine loss, which happened early, and that could happen here. Um, which is why I put a unit. Uh, Makaya by sub plus 200 in case he gets it in any round. Um, and I, so I'm already exposed 1.133 units uh, total for this fight. So I'm like, do I want to have more exposure and parlay him? Um, I'll talk about the other leg that I'm thinking about mixing him up with. But the pick is Makaya by sub 
But even though my money's on him, I'm a big Tim Elliott fan, man. The dude's been through so yeah. much. I'm so sympathetic to his story that part of yeah. me will be really happy to be wrong here. I agree with that sentiment uh, 100%. Uh, the Makaya finish is plus 145. I know he only has one KO mm-hmm. on his record, but I would be very so- sad yeah. if he somehow got, like, I don't know, just clipped him or something. or the- There was just some random reason why he got a KO instead of a sub. <laughs> Hopefully that it's in round three. Yeah, that would, <laughs> that would be good at least. Uh, yeah, the one thing I would be remiss to mention, since I don't believe we did, is just the bad look that uh, Makayev was giving versus Malcolm Gordon. Sure, you know, sure. In some of those scrambles yeah. and some of those opportunities. And that the uh, Tim Elliott subprop is <laughs> plus 1,500. Woo! So. Woo! I love that number. <laughs> I know. It'll, it'll never happen, but. It's, I feel like it's even hard to like hunt down those bigger numbers on this kind of a card because, yes, Rain Lamina, he says, is this a card we call very chalky? You are picking up on the betting parlance correctly, sir. Good on you. It absolutely uh, it absolutely is. Jimmy Kudo is a home court advantage, real in MMA. Should that be a PD, PED that should be banned, home crowd cheering? I don't know about that, but there is there is there is arguable advantages there, I'd say. I think it depends on the specific fighter and stuff yeah. like that, and sometimes the specific matchup. But uh, just f- for specific conversation purposes, uh, if you have ESPN Plus, go rewatch, or it's probably on YouTube, go, go rewatch Islam Volk 1 and tell me that Volk and the crowd do not, like, the crowd does not have a, a huge bearing on Volk and Volk's performance. I, I just think it's impossible to deny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I will speak on, too. There's that human nature aspect. All right, pushing down the card, we got Trevor Peak, minus 166. Muhammad Yaya, plus 140. I didn't see much on Yaya that impressed me from the little I went to see on him. And then going, matching with what I remember from Peak. This is like one of those fights on the card. There's there's a couple fights like this where you're like, how is this guy favored? And then you look into it, you're like, oh, okay. I, I can see it. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly how this happened. Um. <laughs> He was like a minus. He was like a, it was like pick him, and I wasn't there yet. I didn't see the line yet. And then mm-hmm. TB sent me the line at like minus one twenty five, and I was pissed that I had missed pick him. So I'm like, I was stubborn. I'm like, you know what? When I look into it, then I'll get there. And then he ballooned up to minus one sixty, and I'm like, what the, what the hell did I miss? And then I went and watched the tape, and I'm like, okay. Okay, now I get it. I maybe shouldn't have been right. spiteful. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, he opened close. For me, it's like add on. Oh, well, he opened closer to the dog odds. So perhaps the props are still priced that way. Nope, you're priced out of his KO prop as well, pretty much, at least in my opinion, if you want to go play it. Maybe. I don't know. You can get the peak round one KO at plus 250 okay. on FanDuel. See, I think and he's live that... in round one and two, though. I can't pick okay, between so round one and two. That, wait, wait, okay. there's. But, but wait, there's more. <laughs> it also comes with free shipping and handling. No, you can get you can get peak round one, round two KO, the grouping on FanDuel plus one thirty. How do you like them apples? Wow, I I don't have FanDuel, but I love those lines. If you guys have access to it, I say it all the time. Uh, those are all I always love those same game parlay uh, kind of uh, uh, multiple prop together lines that they offer you at those houses. So that's a great shout there. Um. Unless there's anything else on this matchup, I just want to push on to the next one. Uh, we got Yavid Basharat, minus 575. Victor Henry, plus 425. Uh, I'm a big Basharat fan. Drillers make killers, and I think he's got uh, some underrated uh, takedowns and grappling 
uh, that he can uh, stay away from subs and perhaps score on top if he needs to. Because Henry, of course, the dynamic here is he likes to extend the exchanges, whereas Basharat likes to control them. That's the kind of basic dynamic I see. Quickly, I guess, with that dynamic being said, I will still pick Basharat. But uh, I feel like Henry is a live dog, especially at that number, so much so that if you are going to perhaps be at a counter like I am tomorrow where they don't, don't let you do cute um, round robins, they make you pick money lines, well, that means you got to pick dogs. And that only also means you got to pick dogs that are decent plus numbers if you want to turn a profit on that. And if I do one of those funny dog parlays where I'm putting dogs that I didn't even pick on there, well, Victor Henry is going to be one of those at that number. Do you have any opinions on this one, Guru? Um, yeah, I think Victor Henry will end up being a live dog shot simply because it's going to end up going to decision mm -hmm. and I, the judges could be smoking crack or not paying attention or jerking off. Like, I don't know what they're doing <laughs> during the fights. So I, I don't know, but it's, it's generally not watching the fights. So whatever, like all good. So what I really do like here as a parlay piece is not Javi Bacharat. It's fight goes the distance at minus 225. Um, Victor Henry never been finished in his pro career, and Javi Basharat is somebody with three decision wins in his three in three UFC fights. So I think more of the same will continue. And if you think that for some reason there will be a finish, then I you'd have to figure it's going to be on the Javi Basharat side. The dude's pretty talented. Sorry, the, uh, the the last venue a judge should be playing pocket pool is definitely one that is in Abu Dhabi. Uh, the, the, the most excuse, but the, the most excusable venue. Pocket pool. <laughs> yes, but the most the most excusable place for a judge to do that is if they were calling a Strike Force Playboy Mansion card. Eh. Yes, there's there a spectrum. Go. There's a spectrum there for you. Oh my god. Now, what about one of those cards on the beach? The uh, when did they do those? The, like, oh the, yeah, uh, outside. Bodog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's could... Bodog. Thank you. That would have been a good one. A bodog fight. Could you imagine just if, like, if there was a judge at those backstage meetings that you saw like MMA fighting do with the uh, California Commission and just like, now, now judge, now judge Minor, what did you have for round two? Uh, I don't know. I, I came. <laughs> I thought he was going to finish and I came. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Next score. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, sorry. I don't want to go down Too a much. dirty, dirty, dirty sick road that I'm taking you We're guys very... down. Um, but yeah, the live dog is what to say is that Victor Henry is. Um, next fight, this is a perfect... How is this guy favored? Then you go look at it closer, you're like, okay, I guess. Cedric Dumas, minus 238. And Abu Izatar, brother of the potato man, plus 190. Any thoughts on this one, man? What's in the bag? No, I mean, we know it was in the bag. It was IVs. Um, yeah, listen, uh... I really like Cedricus Dumas, and similarly, I had missed the line at, like, minus 150. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm sure we got a little bit of time. Nope, the line has just continued to steam up from minus 200 to minus 230. the end of the day, I just don't think Abu Izaitar really is going to have much for him. Uh, Dumas is not necessarily going to get knocked out, right? I mean, I, he's got a decent chin. Frem's freaking huge and has such a grappling uh side to him that made that fight so difficult for uh for Dumas who also was uh taking that fight on short notice because he was supposed to fight Abu Izaitar little side note so uh that was an interesting matchup Abu hasn't fought since he got finished two years ago and before that 
he somehow beat Vitor Miranda in 2018. But when you watch that fight, you watch Vitor Miranda take him down, hold him down. Uh, you listen to the commentary. He's basically, he can't get up. He's The only way he can is by exploding. He has absolutely no technique. And what have you seen Dumas do other than fight like Gumby? He will actually go for well-timed takedowns, uh, use position over submission. Like you, He actually is a sound fighter occasionally when he wants to be. So with all that being said, I actually do like Dumas here. Maybe you take a, a hedge sprinkle on Abu KO round one or Abu KO at like plus 420. I just don't see it though. I really don't. I think Dumas gets it done. Dumas KO round two or three. Uh, grouping is plus 550. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't disagree with that, but I'm also not lining up to play this fight. Uh, you know, um, best of luck to you. I saw some people hitting some plays on these. I'm like, man, this. You guys know me, man. This level of prelim is not my. Uh, that's not my. That's not my jive. Uh, especially uh, Dumas at at at, uh, at chalk prices is not not very sexy to me. Um, but he does seem that he can beat fighters who fall apart on him or make bad decisions, like uh, Brundage, I believe, did. And uh, you know, uh, Abu Azatar can fall apart. I will say, just go back and watch that Mark Andre Barrio fight, just to watch Jaron Vallel. I've never seen a ref. I know we're talking like oh. They're, they're afraid uh, to, for the Russian fighters and, of course, the Azatar brothers. They have some, uh, let's just say they put the gas on some guys with some government backing, with some uh, royal backing, let's just say, right? There's some ties there. Um, and I know we're making jokes on the judge, and we're just having a good time here. But I will say, with all seriousness, you want to you wanna talk about that uh, conjecture, if you will, the, those theories of connections? No, that's not a theory. That's not a theory. No, it no, is no, not. No, it's real. Fact. No, that's fact. These are scary guys, and people yes. are, are scared of them, okay? Like, Go watch that Jaron Vallejo fight. I've never seen a ref so afraid to stop a fight. Like it should have been stopped like around. It was like it was stopped like around late. Okay, and and even as he stops the fight, like you never hear the ref. Like usually the the fighters like, why did you stop it? And the refs like, no, 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 I made the right call. No, and they're just they're cold as ice, right? Like, Vallel is, like, apologizing and pleading, going, I'm sorry, I had to stop it. <laughs> He's apologizing to, like, I don't even know if Abu's even complaining. He's so beat down, like, but it's probably for the cameras. Like, I don't know if, like, you know, like, uh... <laughs> like that's why I kind of gave Magomed Ankalaev a break for making such bad decisions and his corner being so sloppy against in the Blokovic fight. Because, like, you saw how pissed off Kadyrov, the, the dictator, got that he lost that fight. Like, you know how much pressure was on those guys, like, to perform? <laughs> Yeah, like there, there's some there's some quiet pressure here. These aren't just jokes to the point, but I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Sit down and the little bunny gets it. You know? Yeah, yeah. For that reason alone, old, I, I will stay away from that fight. Old South Park. Yep. There we go. Shout outs to Old South. That's about the only old <laughs> South Park that I know, to be honest. Same oh with, no, uh, you gotta go watch that man. That's my favorite. Good stuff. Uh, I don't got much to say about this one though. Anshul Jubilee minus two seventy eight. Mike Breeden plus two twenty five. Uh, I feel like you know it, it's dog or pass if anything. But I didn't look into this fight too deeply, so I'm not gonna you know say anything with confidence here. What do you got, Guru? I have to speak with a little bit of confidence because uh, I got in on Mike Breeden at plus two seventy five because Ooh. of uh, you know TB get texted me and i was reading some texts he's like hey get in on 275 it's it's moved to plus 250 to other books and and we got in and then i went to do my tape and i ended up agreeing with it just in the fact that you know you look at jubilee and there's nothing excellent about him really at all there's nothing that jumps mm -hmm. out on paper he's just not 
very exciting. There's nothing about him that should be Maria's. And then you look at Mike Breeden. He man, has he got the shit end of the stick. He gets a short notice call to the UFC, has to fight fucking Alex Hernandez. That sucks. Okay, you get knocked out there. That's understandable. Then you fight Natan Levy, and uh, you know, let's just be honest. That's a really, really, really close fight. And somebody like you, Dan, I would love for you to go back and watch that fight and really judge it by the like the letter of the judging criteria. Okay, yeah. And that's a because that's one of those really tough fights where Natan Levy gets all these takedowns, but it's not really much control time with it or damage with it. And Breeden, I think, lands the more damaging shots. He maybe could have won that one. Really close fucking fight. And then he's supposed to fight Lando Venata, and Venata pulls out. So who does he get on short notice? Fucking Terrence McKinney. Like, that's not fair. And then add insult to injury to us as the as the better you're trying to put one over on us how are you gonna have Terrence like jubilee as a bigger favorite to breed in than terrence mckinney is jubilee somehow better than terrence mckinney is he more vicious does he have more finishing upside i don't think so give me breed into like i don't know just pull off an upset or make it close fuck it because uh, Joe showed over him. So, whatever that's what. No barking, dog. Sorry, guys, for the barking here. Uh, Brownie, Ben, relax. No one's there. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. The dogs are barking. They agree with you, right? So that's a good sign, at least. The dogs are barking for breed. And, and, and to be honest, um, I think that, yeah, like especially with Gafaroff, who's going to be one of those fighters where like whether I pick him or not, He's a, a live dog, and when you you know if he was going to get to plus two to one, I would definitely throw him on that round robin, because you know uh, if you have like a four leg round robin, for example, you can't have more than well you can uh, have more than one plus money leg that's under plus two to one, but you really gotta they gotta be you know plus one eighties plus one seventies and hope both those yeah. hit to cover the rest so to speak. And if that line's not sexy enough, I may actually throw a uh, Breeden on there with like uh, Victor Henry. Um, Maybe even you know, you know, maybe a Johnny Walker for the number, but again, I wouldn't be too confident in that. I'm picking Ankle Live here, folks. Uh, you know, uh, you, you kind of mess around with a bit, or an underdog that's also two to one, who I am playing down at the bottom of the card. Uh, so we'll get to that. But yeah, I'm gonna try to look into that, uh, like you said, uh, Guru, I, uh, because I, yeah. I, I feel like yeah, that's just like a dog that's just calling your name. It just feels like dumb to not not take a flyer on. I, I think you have to, and for one last reason, mm-hmm. because uh, if you were listening listening during the press conference today, one dude just asked a simple question about Indian MMA, mm-hmm. and they got and he got absolutely booed, like a, a chorus of boos. Jubilee is going to be in enemy territory. Yeah. Like this is like a racial thing. There, like they're not his friend. Like they are not. Yeah, gonna be I don't understand that guy. That was, wow. So. It's, you know, I don't, I'm not a, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not uh, uh, some sort of expert on Middle Eastern right, uh, same, culture same, or, yeah. or politics, but they're not a big fan of, of, of India there. So I think wow. they're going to be rooting against him big time. Like this is not going to go well for him at all. all right. Well, I, I, I like and root for a guy like Mike Breeden anyway, so that shouldn't be too hard. Next fight, Nathaniel Wood, minus 325, uh, Muhammad Naimov, plus 260. I haven't gotten a chance to look into this one, but this one feels like a tricky fight. Um, 
both by the prediction on how it will end, maybe, so much. You're like, well, does it go the distance? What does it do? I think it does go the distance. I'm picking Wood by decision. But since I can't pick it, uh, uh, you know, I probably won't have time to dive deep. And even if I do, between the numbers and the style of matchup, I don't know if I want to dive too deep, you know, uh, even though I feel pretty good about Wood's volume, if he can avoid the opportunistic counters. That's the basic dynamic at play here for this matchup. But I will say that five-legger I was talking about, um, I was thinking about maybe, you know, Wood was the guy I'm thinking about replacing Malkaev with because I don't know if I'm that confident to put even more exposure on that Malkaev fight. And you're actually getting a better uh, price on Wood, which would improve the overall price on the parlay that I'm already looking at. Uh, that's all I got for this one. But what do you got on this one, Guru? Yeah, I think this fight's really interesting because you have a guy in Naimov who won his last fight, his debuting fight, on short notice, but up a weight class versus Jamie yeah. Malarkey, who, uh, you know, was dominating him the entire time, and he just kind of catches him with a great punch. Um, I'm thinking that Nathaniel Wood is going to be quicker, uh, more technical, and have more output, but the problem is, like we talked about, is uh, do I see Nathaniel Wood getting a finish? No. Nathaniel Wood has five decisions in a row. <laughs> so um, with that being said, I'm not sure you can parlay him or play him at minus you know, 300. Or I mean, if you're going to, um, what I would suggest or at least say is, is Naimov, right, is a guy that has uh, four KOs, uh, right? So he's generally winning by KO. I would kind of look to hedge out with a Naimov KO plus 600. And we've, especially because mm. we've seen somebody in Wood who's been, you know, rocked, yeah. by, Andre, uh, rocked by Andre Feely and, you know, knocked, at, knocked out before by John Dodson. So, and uh, yeah, that's that's would kind of be the way that I'd see him losing. But otherwise, because you'd also have to figure Naimov would be privy to those, uh, that extra Abu Dhabi bonuses. So, uh, yeah, otherwise I think Wood could get done. Round three yeah. decision would minus 125. Yeah, they seem more interested in uh, marketing Tajikistan than India. So, I mean, uh, that wouldn't make that wouldn't be too crazy either. And then Wood, by decision, it's only like barely plus money. So it's not even worth throwing in a round robin for little exposure. You know what I'm saying? For that kind of money. So, yeah, I actually don't hate at all what you said for a hedge or just a sprinkle. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where I end up if I use him or... Uh, Makayev, because the next fight, uh, Victoria Dudikova, minus 535, Frey 400. Basically, you know, love me some 4 to 7 May, uh, but Frey has just kind of been painful to watch in more ways than one, man. I just, I don't know if, she, you know, she's got anything left in her. And Dudikova should not be this favorite over anybody, but for this matchup, I get it. Um, so, uh, I, the, the, the stupid chalk parlay that I, I was looking at was uh, Dudikova, Makachev, Chimaev, Aliskarov, and then the fifth leg, uh, if you do Makayev, it's plus 210 to plus 13 in that neighborhood for one unit, or if you take out Makayev, put in a better price tag at Wood, I'm imagining you're getting plus 215, plus 220, um, and then it's just by any means necessary, so if the cutesy ways that I took the legs, even though I didn't take anything and don't plan on taking anything for the Dudakova side, uh, you know, th those are covered for the other angles. Again, it's not something that I am going to do or I have done or I'm telling you to do. doesn't even sound like that sexy of an idea. But as far as the, you know, we're doing sprinkles here. We're maybe taking some dog shots. Let's have a, let's have these plays anchored in with something. 
And if you are going to anchor in, if you are going to go chalk, if you are going to venture a parlay, these Russian big favorite, the closest you get to Bellator cards that UFC does, you could do worse if, if that is your style. Not my style, not a sexy style in my opinion, but again, it's it's the styles that makes the fights, right? It's the styles that call for the different style of betting. And that's kind of have, what have I'm, you, I'm looking you, at. Dan Tom, have you considered a uh, PRP style of bet for at least this card, if not for cards moving forward? Yeah, I think, and shout out to my guy CJ Saftig, man. He scored yes. a big one there, the Dogger Huge. Pass podcast with Paul Shag. He hits Shag. him all the time. He's um, sick. He's a sick fellow. Oh, he's unbelievable. Great, great. He's but unbelievable. I, and he's definitely the parlay guy if you want someone for parlays, by the way. Uh, but uh, for me, yeah, I agree. But you, you're still probably looking at a top line for that of like, parlays are bad anyways, even if it's just two. I, I look at it the same way. But if we're like... If we're if we're talking about three or five legs, like uh, to me, a three leg is arguably just as risky as a five leg. If we're talking about MMA, and I feel like you would still need a three leg for that proverbial top line. And I'm sure, I'm sure. So start CJ there. Would... So start there. So start with a three leg and and start from there. What do you, you're like Maybe. if you if you do Islam and Chimaev, you're already mm. at like minus one twenty. So if that's your top line. Yeah. which is not bad top line. And it's then true. for me personally, I'm putting in Ankalaev. I feel good about that. Because then, you, again, if you're really getting that far ahead into the card, you can sprinkle, you can hedge with a Walker KO at plus 500 or whatever the hell. So that's cool. And then and then, then you, from there, you kind of decide how you feel about confidence level and, and which money line is actually going to help your PRP the most. Because while my confidence level in Oleskarov is high, he's not going to help your PRP very much at a no, minus yeah. So, right. I think you should consider it, Dan Tom. Because you're, I, cause I'll you, see. You I'll see. Yeah. You know what? You, you know what too. And you'll be thinking of me. Well, you know what? That or or maybe inside the distance or an under Alaskarov, and I use that as a leg because the book that I go to, even though they have the crappy round robin options, they do let me parlay um, stuff like uh, totals into the parlay and stuff. So. I can do that because that's gonna definitely gonna you know, whatever the under is is gonna be cheaper price than whatever his money line is, and not that Warley has a big chance, but hey, you've got coverage for there for whatever percentage points that's worth, right? Uh, if Warley gets a finish, so that's actually a good idea. I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger yet. You could talk some sense into me. Let's knock out this last one and get out of here. Uh, it's been a great show so far. Hit the like button if you haven't already. We've got James Bond villain with James Bond villain name attached, Shara Putin, Magomedov, minus 305, plus 245, Bruto Blendado Silva. This actually did not open wider and has trickled down to earth like most of the lines that are wide and have on this card. No, this actually opened tighter. And I saw this and I bet this, uh, not live, just before we went live, but with a witness here, Guru, I, I got it at plus 241. I believe he opened at plus 140. So that's a whole dollar inflation. I mean, that's value right there that I can't pass up. Bruno Silva is the more proven product. I know he's coming off of a bad look on Brendan Allen, but these Brazilian cowboys, they kind of break these trends, both from longevity to their kind of bounce back, even when they shouldn't, when they have to travel, is not uncommon. If you want to go by woo-woo, what beats heavy Russian chalk? Um, it what What's it always been? It's been these Brazilian dogs, baby. Look at Makachev's record. Look at Tebow versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Look at, you know, even going to ACA and stuff that, like, I can name fighters that most 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 people don't follow. And a lot of those upset, it's that Brazilian vet that comes across and travels. The, the old trope, the brave Brazilian at underdog odds. 
and that is Bruno Blandado Silva here. He doesn't have a reliable takedown game to get off his devastating ground and pound, but his punches are devastating whether he's in whether he's standing um, or uh, on the ground. I know it was a bad look from Mearshart. He seems to be inconsistent. He'll look good. He'll look bad. He'll look good. He'll look bad. And even though the win-loss doesn't necessarily reflect that way, that dynamic actually does go up and down for what that's worth. And for what it's worth, he's due for a good one here. He did take it against Brendan Allen against short notice, and Brendan Allen proven to be legit. Um, so, yeah, man, just give, give me a shot on Silva against a guy who's a Wushu Sanda guy who... Uh, you know, uh, his record between, you know, I can't tell the, the, the record or the competition level between his assaults and mauls on people showing affection to these random mixed rules bouts. The limited footage that is, feels like has been detracting less and less of the guy doesn't seem to like boxing range too much. Um, that enough is enough for me to just take the shot on Bruno Silva. Dan, he doesn't like boxing range too much. Why do you think his depth perception might be a little off? <laughs> like, what? yeah, it's true. Like, that was, is true. This this guy would never be sanctioned to fight in the United States, and he never will. So <laughs> this is very freaking weird matchup. I'd be very happy to see Bruno Silva kick this pos's behind uh, the fuck out of here. I mean, I don't really like him. The problem is. Is I just don't know what I'm getting in sure. Bruno Silva at all. Um, he goes, you know, he he gets knocked out by Brennan Allen and then gets choked out. I mean, if Brennan Allen decided to keep going for the knockout, he would have got it instead. Uh, Brad Tavares fight that's like nearly went fifty fifty. He's nearly knocked out, knocks out Brad. Brad basically, unfortunately, you know, has a almost a worse chin than he does. And then other than that, who is he? Being? He beat Jordan Wright. I mean, that's really not a good look. Like, it just hasn't been good. And then, of course, <laughs> on the Magomedov side, I mean, he's really beat absolutely nobody. There's a nothing but red flags and tomato yeah. cans. So it's very and and he went to decision with a lot of the two of his last three fights. One was a decision. One was a round three knockout. Both were disgusting. Um, I kind of just lean with the <laughs> under one and a half at minus one ten. But, uh, you know, you like could that. also, yeah, you know, and maybe I would take a, a sprinkle because uh, Magomedov has seven round one knockouts. Just means that he's going to get it in round two. Round two is plus 500. So, who knows? Man, forget this parlay I shot on uh, Bruno Silva with, like, you know, uh, another unit on the, uh, or just, just north of a unit to cover the one unit shot by playing that under. Yeah, and you know what? That's also something else I wrote. And since you know what, you're on Bruno Silva. I'll I'll make note of it. Bruno Silva has 14 round one finishes, 20 KOs yeah. in his career. Bruno by round one KO is plus 900. Dan, I don't think they'll let me uh par uh, put that Wait, one in the round don't robin. You live in, don't you live in Vegas? Yeah. What? There's millions of books. I don't understand. Why can't you book? But they don't. They kick you out of the casino. No, no, they just don't. They, they don't offer uh, good round anywhere robins. In uh, anywhere in Vegas, there's places. I'm, I'm I'm sure there's places, but I, I haven't found any. The, the, the book I go to is um, I know the sports book manager. He used to be the guy from Mandalay Bay. He's the one who uh, gave me the in on uh, when back when bang cunts happened back in that. Everybody remembers that legendary get uh, that, that that may or may not have happened at the uh, sports book. So uh, he's, a, he's a trusted guy that I follow for one. Right. Um, for two, that book, even though they have crappy round robins, they have really good stupid round prop numbers, which I you know me. I love playing hot rounds. Yeah. Um, they let me parlay uh, things that some of my online houses don't let me parlay. 
So it's kind of a good balance. Whereas the cute round robins that I post, um, I play those, full disclosure. I've been playing those on BetMGM, which, uh, again, I've got like a nice route to go into the BetMGM. A lot of plenty of those houses out here too. Okay. But again, it's kind of like... It's kind of like the doubling where I don't really need to because I can just play it and withdraw my funds online. So that's another reason why I don't go to those houses. But I also just opened up a William Hill, which may actually let me get cheeky. It might let me do that now that you mention it. I'm going to go check there. Shout out to my guy, Martin P. So you're right. There are options. But um, when it comes to the round method props and getting that cheeky with it, it is harder, Mm -hmm. whether we're talking online houses or actual Vegas houses, to find that. And just because you live in Vegas... Um, people think you get the, the, the best lines. No, it's, it's there's always weird little things. Like, you get this here, you get that here. And what we don't get is what you motherfuckers get to feast on, which are DraftKings and FanDuel's lines. So, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, we actually have gotten oh, some of the short end of this. So, when I'm complaining, it's it's legit. I'm not I'm not making this stuff up, folks. It's, it is it is weird out here, that weirder than you would think. Yeah, that, um, I've never I've never been to Vegas. I, of course, would love to go. Sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in, like, the second mecca of that. Like, I'm only, I'm an hour from Atlantic yeah, City. Yeah, baby. But, but interestingly, the, you know, like you're saying, you didn't really get as much access to the online books where once the legal online gambling became here, I mean, I get everything in terms of DraftKings, oh, FanDuel, yeah. BetMGM, Bet365, PointsBet, uh, Caesars, William Hill. I mean, there's a there's so many books you can you can put yourself into debt. Well, there's a reason why only in the last month you guys finally saw me do a yambags play and a split decision prop. Like it's because I haven't had access to these lines. Like it's just it's just what it is. Um, so for Silva, I'm actually thinking I already put him in a unit. If I have the extra ducats, it's like man, I'm honestly more attracted to either do a breed and play. You know, because I figure, okay, in my head, I'm like, I just need one of those to hit, right? Like, I don't expect both to hit, but, you know, Silva or Breeden, one of those one of those got to hit. We got to get some dogs. Some dogs got to hit in general on this card, right, uh, according to those rules. Um, but it's like, yeah, do I do Silva by KO maybe and get cheeky from there? I don't know. It's such a good line. Also, in my round robin, um, and in that round robin, uh, I'm probably going to have Makayev by sub in there. Um, I'm probably going to have Chamaya by KO in there. And for the third one, I'm, I'm dancing between maybe something for Eliskeroff, but again, most of this stuff's priced out unless I want to repeat a round two sprinkle there. Um, or maybe, you know, I, again, I throw like a Breeden or something in there. If I don't have enough balls to play him, I get I get something in that aspect. But uh, So just to let you guys know where I'm going with that uh, before we recap uh, picks and plays here. Man, Guru, this was a fun breakdown, man. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? Dude, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, should I plug myself? I mean, I just, uh, um, yeah, you, no, you, I mean, you, you can, but, uh, I'm going to clean up. I'm just going to clean up the yeah, chat so before we get out of here. No, yeah. Of yeah. We got a uh, James but, Kendrick's. Oh, sorry. What's up? Nothing at all, man. Seriously. Just, uh, awesome. Awesome being here. We had a, no, we had a good, dude, good ass time. <laughs> this is, this has been a great time. Hopefully you guys are having time, fun time in the chat. I'm going to pay off some of your guys stuff before we get out of here. It always makes me smile when Dan does his Paul Craig impressions and the Ian Gary, we're not here to be Irish. We're here to be Brazilian. Uh, impression. There we go. We'll get some more Ian Gary impressions coming our way, uh, I believe. Um, MMA on the rocks. Dan, love you, brother. But it's bedtime on the East Coast. We'll catch up on the rest tomorrow. Cheers. Thank you for stopping by. Billy Welks. Check out his channel, MMA on the rocks. Always good content. Follow him on Instagram. Ghost Phantom. Makayev throwing strikes on the ground challenge. Yeah, I know. He definitely... Needs to do that. That's another reason why I'm not like maybe trying to invest in him on the uh, parlay. Because what if we get burned on him not throwing enough strikes? You know what I'm saying? 
uh, or something like that. So that's a that's a great point there. Ghost Rain Lamina says, "My goodness, Trevor Peak is a mess." Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to pick up any uh, Conor McGregor style insults, um, but uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people you could cast those cast those. Definitely don't want to be siding with Conor McGregor over here um, or doing things in his style, uh, especially that don't involve money. Um, uh, standing hammer fist, rain lamina. Yeah, that is that is the Trevor Peak uh, MO there. Um, we got uh, Ghost Phantom. I love Victor Henry's volume. Like his clinch entries into folding elbows, just lovely. I do as well. Rhea says in Truesdale. What's in the bag, brother? Hey, brother, come on, brother. It's okay, brother. He's, uh... <laughs> uh... I'm not gonna get myself in trouble if I start going into uh, impersonations here, so I want to keep myself in check. Jimmy Kudo, Nathaniel Wood has improved a lot. He has. I do. I love me some Nathaniel Wood. I agree with Guru. It feels like he could be clipped off at any point, uh, which he has before, so that perhaps that'll keep me away. James Kendrick, technique question for Dan that also parlays into Wood's skill set. What is your favorite lead strike is is it the jab the teep or something else uh my favorite lead strike um i don't know i guess a, a jab a jab is probably my favorite lead strike i guess um i do like uh you know i don't know a lot of my favorite strikes whether it's front kicks or uh, hooks are checking shots so i'll go with the jab i guess rain lamina dan and guru you guys are like early start time do you guys like the early start time for this card guru i'll let you answer that do you like the early start time I'm just so used to the later start times, uh, so I'll just kind of go with no, but it's an interesting idea to just kind of be done with the fights by 5 o'clock. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with no. 10 a.m. is a little too early for me. But I'm also an East Coast guy, so maybe, yeah. oh, that's even earlier for you. No, yeah. that's no good. That's no good. I can't complain because I'm a West Coast guy. We're the last people that are allowed to complain. We're Americans, so we'll get like the Euro people pissed off. They're like, right. "You motherfuckers! I have to never see my children and beat them over sleep deprivation to watch the card." Like, easy, buddy. Easy, buddy. Easy. I don't know if you go that far, but no, no. But like, uh, <laughs> I am just a lazy. Not lazy. I just love my sleep, man. So I hate. I love it too. And I like going to the gym in the morning. So this means I don't get to go to do extreme couture classes that are taking place. I'm going to watch the card. So not great for me james kendrick will we ever get a tb guru and dan tom super collab you guys Ooh. are great we do need that listen not for nothing dan tom it's been you're long overdue for a chronic combat appearance yeah uh, what we'll do I, I i would love to be on your guys show anytime ghost it's a shame that none of the journalists ask about shara being sanctioned in the u.s uh shara putin they should be embarrassed for not asking the question uh, that simple. There's a lot of questions that aren't asking the media. If you guys don't notice, especially things that like you think would deserve follow up. Um, it's just one of those things, man. I don't know. I can't defend it. Rio Susan Truesdale. Uh, what? Why is the Khabib fan base so toxic? I see Ghost put up some great analysis from both Islam and Volk and get hate for it. Same with you, Dan. But you put up great threads for both sides and still get hate. Um, yeah, man. It's it's. It's just the uh, kind of the fan base. I will say, and people have been saying, Guru, you weigh in here. I know, you know, uh, the fan base can be insufferable, and people, you know, already took issue with me saying that, even though it's what it is. Um, we're seeing a reverse. Apparently, there's a lot of people saying Islam's getting a lot of hate, like it's getting pushed back the other way. Do you have an opinion on this? Are you? I think that whole crowd loves to be victims, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think you see a lot of that going around in the news these days. I'm not going to draw any parallels. But I think you're already starting to see some of the parallels, right? If any of you turn on any news channel, right, 
uh, just just crazy stuff going on. So I, I think you see a lot of those people come out on different different topics and different issues. Me personally, when, when I see that kind of behavior, I, I try not to take any of it personally because the, the, these are people going through uh, their own issues and their own things for, for them to behave that way. So it's just like, you know, man, do, do, do your thing. Yeah. I, I, none, none of these people would ever say it in person, right? Sure. Just uh, enjoy your catharsis, man, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, I wouldn't presume to know what connections to make, but I think that's the safe assumption is what you said at the very end there. It's like, dude, who knows what these people are going through? Like, I, I pull my hair enough out with some of these trolls trying to make sense of it that I, I'm like, what, what am I what am I doing trying to make sense of it? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know what these people are going through uh, or anything like that. Who knows where it's coming from? But yeah, it, it's been around. Uh, hey, Guru, we are not, hope we are not too obnoxious. We can be a frisky bunch on a weekly basis, he said. Jimmy Kudo says. Oh my God, not at all. We, I love, I love the crowd, love the energy. Uh, need, need more of you to come, come hang out with the Comic Combat crew on Wednesday nights. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you staying up late with us on a Wednesday night, both the audience and you, Guru. So before I kick it for you, back to you to to, to get your the plugs and kick us out of here. Um, I'm just gonna recap my picks and plays, Guru. You can recap whatever you like or choose not to it's up to you but just got to go through with my uh, audience give them what they came here for uh taking Mahachev, uh taking hamja chamaev <laughs> taking uh dagestani stipe ankalaev over johnny walker taking alaskarov over uh, alves uh taking uh fuck uda fuck uh, we'll see who I take for Gafarov Nurmagomedov. Tune in to uh, my quick picks and prognostications. It drops on Junkie on Fight Day, as well as my posting picks and plays on Fight Day at Dan Tom MMA on the artist formerly known as Twitter. Taking Makayev. Not sure if I'm going to be putting him in any parlays, but I'll get to the plays in a second. Over Elliot. Taking Peak over Yaya. Not that Yaya, everybody. Not Rani Yaya. Uh, taking Basharat over Henry. Um, though Henry feels like a live dog, uh, taking Dumas over Azatar, I guess. Um, I'll probably take Breeden over Jubilee. We'll see if I play him. Be taking Wood over Nymoff. We'll see if I play him. Taking Dudakova over Frey. If I play her, it'll only be in a stupid parlay. And that's it. Um, taking Silva over Maga Madoff. That is Bruno Silva over Sharaputin. Of course, I play Bruno Silva, one unit plus 241. Um, we'll see if I, maybe I p- abandon ship on the parlay, and regardless of whether or not I play Breeden or not, I double down and go on that, that playable chalk for that near-even money for an under 1.5 that Guru shouted to cover me in case Magomedov wins or perhaps double up my profits, baby. Who knows there, right? Um, I am going to probably put Silva or Silva by KO in a round robin. Probably going to have Makayev by sub in a round robin. Going to have Chimaya by KO probably in a round robin. Um, I will be deciding between, again, a Breed and Money line, maybe an Alex Garoff round two or something like that for the fourth leg. I don't want to put anything in the main event. Too much to potential to pick from. I'm already exposed enough on it. Speaking of the main event, I got Mach Volk uh, under 4.5 rounds at plus 115. I got 1.5 units on that with a sprinkle to perhaps double dip and catch uh in mid to late rounds, Makachev round three plus twelve hundred, round four plus fourteen hundred, round five plus eighteen hundred point seventeen. You each on those co-main event got a total there as well. Come shot Usman 
under 2.5 rounds, minus 155. Threw a whole two units on there, though I suggest at this point for a better price tag and angle, maybe just go for the uh, Chemayev inside the distance there. But that's where I'm at with two units and another quarter unit cherry on top with Chemayev round one KO at plus 450. Of course, I got Makaya by sub one unit. Just took a, a straight shot there. He's going to have the opportunities. Will he get it at plus 200? Perhaps maybe I can uh, double my money there uh, or, you know, uh, more than double it, I should say, if I'm only putting a unit there. Round three sprinkle. That'll be my prop squad that I'm going to write when we get off the show. Plus 900 was able to find it at 0.33U. I threw a Scotty Pippen on there. And uh, that's what I'm basically looking at. Probably going to be around seven to eight unit, my normal exposure for this card. Anything you want to add to that for Pixar Plays, Greg? Wow, yeah, no, I, I like everything that you've got going on. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be taking that uh, money line shot on Breeden. Probably have a parlay with uh, Volk, Chabayev, Ankalaev, maybe a little Leskarov in there. Uh, you know, going to find the different plays. Might do a PRP, which I've never actually done before, but this seems like the type of card to do it. Um, yeah, just kind of keep posted to my. Uh, twitter and to my bet mma to see all my different plays that i come up with and uh very importantly very very importantly make sure you check out chronic combat conversations over on youtube we go live every single wednesday at 8 p.m uh whenever there's a ufc card we go live 8 p.m eastern and uh tb and i my unbelievable co-host we break down the fights and we're always free we always have uh best bets and we have guests like dan tom and dan levy and aaron bronstetter and luca fury and just uh some of the big names in the business and uh you know dms by the numbers and just just a lot of awesome really nice guys lou betch has been on there we've had a ton of ton of awesome people i c couldn't possibly name all the amazing guests that we've had um great shouts yeah really just i can, can continue go on and on and on but seriously, if you're not somehow following Chronic Combat Conversations, please do so. You should follow my unbelievable co-host, TB Scouting MMA, on uh, the, formerly, uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter, Verdict, Instagram, and Tapology. I don't know if you guys use Verdict, the Verdict app, but definitely check us out on there. You can follow me, Guru Scouting MMA, Twitter, Verdict, Instagram, and Tapology. Dan, Tom, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, seriously. It was such an honor, such a pleasure to be on the show with you. I had an unbelievable time, and uh, I really hope uh, we get to do it again on this platform and, and hopefully again on ours. So seriously, thank you so much. What a great uh, time. I'm down, and thank you for our answering Rio Susan Truesdale's question. He wanted to know what time you guys go, and you gave that out. Jimmy Kudo in the chat also says, great show, and thank you for joining us, Guru. So thank you from Jimmy Kudo to you, sir. Yeah, um, listen, we're on a push to listen. We're on a push to 500 subscribers. We're we're almost there. So if you guys could toss us a subscription, would would mean the absolute world. Do that. Chronic combat conversations, folks. You find me at Dan Tom MMA through the underscores there on Instagram. Follow at the PYN podcast on all social platforms. That don't pollute your feed. It really does help. Of course, this free show, we do a free show as well. We support the other free shows. And my free show is actually supported by my website, MixMarshallAnalyst.com, which you can go to and you can scroll down, toggle down maybe if you're on the mobile, and you can see Amazon and on it click-throughs. If you shop at those places, 
you just go to the site, click through the banner, you do all your shopping. I'll do the read-throughs and the products on the next episode, guys. Don't have time now. But a small percentage of your purchase gets kicked back to this year program uh, without it releasing any of your privacy details. So if you want to go to town and buy some vibrating nunchucks, whatever you do to get your rocks off between fight cards, you can do it by supporting this show and killing two birds with one stone. Also, secure PayPal links at MixedMartialAnalyst.com as well as my link trees at DanTomMMA. Or you can donate to the Super Chat. That's secure, of course, via YouTube. Going to this show, watching live, going back to it. If you and I and we all hopefully, knock on wood, do well. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck.